0: Hi, welcome to the Romance Me Podcast. This is Erica.
1: I'm Em. We'd like to say a special hello to our one and only fan. Get a healing words ready. (laughs) Today we'll be discussing Midnight Soul by Kristen Ashley.
0: Franca Dracar has secrets, and to make everyone keep their distance, she wears a mask of cruelty. Noc Hawthorne, an undercover cop from our world, was transported to Fantasyland to help save it from evil. While there, he meets Franca. In a moment of vulnerability, her mask slips and Nock sees her for who she really is. Nock wants Franca to come home with him and promises her an adventure beyond her dreams. After a lifetime of keeping everyone at a distance, is Franca prepared to let Nock into her heart? We have a content warning for this book. Uh, Themes of abuse survivorship, including violent child abuse. There will be spoilers beyond this point.
1: So, Erica, what happens in the story?
0: This book picks up pretty much right after the events of the fourth book. And they've saved the world. And everyone's just kind of celebrating and decompressing. And we start out with Franca, who's in the hallway. And she sees Noc, um standing in the doorway of Cersei's bedroom. And this is... The original Fantasyland Cersei, not the Cersei from our world. So we're going to call her Cersei. And the Cersei from our world, from Golden Dynasty, we'll call Queen Cersei or something like that. So we can differentiate.
1: Not going to lie, I may call her Rosanna Dana, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> Yes, but Franca can kind of tell by the way Cersei and Nock are interacting that they just uh, had sex and had fun doing it. But also that Cersei feels grateful to Nock for being the way he is, I guess, because if you don't remember, Cersei was kidnapped by King Baldor as a child. 14 Um, sexually yeah sexually abused by him since the age of 14
1: which at this point would be 20 years because she's 34 I think when she gets away from him
0: yeah so she's she's had a hard hard early life and you kind of get the impression that this is like her having a fresh start like she's wiping her her sexual history clean here and she chose Nock to help her out with it
1: yeah and Franca seems to be happy that someone with cersei's background could be in such a good place maybe she's even a little envious because at the end of the fourth book the previous book she lost her lover through the course of the i guess i'll call it a fight or a conflict that's being generous between the evil question mark witches and the buttholes (laughs) that are other apollo and baldar and i guess other cora (laughs) i don't know yes she's bad too i guess i'm very confused i guess she's bad because she she didn't want to be with nocturno how dare she (laughs) she turned down the castle and the guy in that order (laughs) i forget where i was going with that but oh now i remember So yeah, so through that quote unquote conflict, Franca's lover, Antoine, is killed. And just to refresh everyone's memory. He's tortured to death. She watches him die in their little like hourly torture sessions that they call her up and they're like, here's your guy. Here's us torturing him. Oops, look, he died. (laughs) keep in mind yeah it's torture Facetime. it's also important to remember that our hero group gave zero fucks they didn't care that he had died yeah that's true they didn't care that she was suffering because she lost her Antoine or anything they're just like yeah well eh. we don't like you so your feelings don't count A running theme in these books. Yay,
0: heroes. No one believes anything good about Franca because Franca has taken great pains... To hide herself from the rest of the world, like her true self. And she even, she doesn't see it that way. She calls she calls it the new Franca versus the old Franca. She feels like when she fell in love with Antoine, he helped her be in touch with the new Franca. But I think she just felt safe with Antoine. I agree. And up to that point, she didn't feel safe at all. And so she shielded herself from everyone else by being a bitch basically and
1: she pushed people away because as for reasons that will be discovered later she's trying to basically protect herself and other people she has all the the porcupine coat on
0: yeah throughout the beginning of the book especially she has like Antoine's voice in her head kind of like a like a Jiminy Cricket
1: yeah sort uh, of character she just lost him her heart is still with him
0: but she goes to get drunk and nocturno knock ends up coming into the room with her and he just kind of invites himself to sit with her and drink with her and he asks her if she's okay and this is extremely unusual for franca because she doesn't open up to anybody she doesn't expect anybody to care about her and so for knock to to just kind of look at her and go are you okay you've been through some really rough shit you know i'm just checking in with you and you were amazing you helped the world get saved basically like none of this would have happened if you weren't doing
1: what you did yeah and Franka doesn't really see it that way and she doesn't believe him and his compliments She just dismisses it because how can this be? You know, what she did was nothing and all of that. Yeah, she doesn't feel like she
0: deserves any praise. She feels like, well, I committed treason and this was the very least I could do, (laughs) essentially.
1: Like, I think it becomes more apparent later, like once you get a sense of what her life is like. Cause she just basically she wants to get out of that area of the country as quickly as she can. Because the longer she's in that area of the country, she knows she's in danger. The person that she most cares about in this world, apart from Antoine, is in danger. So she kinda wants to just be like, Yeah, yeah, okay, they're not gonna hang me for treason. That's great. Let me I, I'm leaving tomorrow morning.
0: At one point while they're talking, he starts telling her about uh some of the stuff from his world, which is our world, and she shows her his phone, which I thought was interesting because she she feels like it's magic.
1: Yeah, she's very inquisitive and curious, which is... Cool, I think. It's a good trait for a character to have. There's a quote
0: I'd like to um read during their conversation. Frank is trying to explain to Nock how no one else sees things the way he seems to see them. And Nock says that no, all those guys, they all get it. He says, They get it, sweetheart. You don't think if those men had the same choice as you, they're women taken, tortured, living in the pits of hell every day for weeks. Or those women had that choice with their men. They wouldn't make the same choice as you. And Franca answers, I shared this exact sentiment with them. And they, he leaned deeply across the seat over the table that separated us. Very close to me. And his voice was the lash of a whip when he interrupted me to state, lied. So, Nock is telling Franca, yeah, you know when when you said, hey, remember, my man is over there and you're going to send dragons to like blast fire and essentially like... (laughs) bomb the island or whatever and they just didn't give a shit that you know her guy was there he says they lied about not giving a shit i think
1: I still think they didn't give a shit about her, but they lied when maybe they, of course, if it was their loved one, they would have moved heaven and earth. And because they're the heroes, it would have been fine. But because Franca is seen as a more villain character, it was completely okay that her, her wants and everything are disregarded. Cause she's, she's been painted from book one as being this Machiavellian-esque female with her selfish machinations. She's quote, evil slut yeah
0: unquote (laughs) like that's her character (laughs) yeah and and i i don't think slut is derogatory but it's clear that it's meant that way yeah
1: no i agree in this book (laughs) in, in these books yes for being a more sexually aware culture You know, they may aspire to be that, they may tell us that they are, but there's all this evidence that suggests they're not.
0: But as they're drinking, every time Nock gets behind her shell and shows her, you know, I see you, she rebuffs him, essentially. Um, The next day, she's called to meet with Queen Aurora. Um, When she gets there, everyone is there. So all the couples from the prior books, pretty much, and Nock are all there.
1: As well as other
0: Cersei. And Aurora gives her great, great treasure. So a huge amount of gold a huge amount of ice diamonds and Koroakian gems and furs and basically all the riches from the various kingdoms. She offers them to her as payment for her part in uh, saving the world. Queen Aurora says, as I know you, Franca, I can safely assume for your part in the difficulties that played out yesterday, this will be enough. I do hope you consider this a debt fully paid. So we learn that everyone even the queen is like you're a bitch franca here's some money go away and leave us alone please
1: yeah and then when franca asks for help like getting it to her room they're very kind of frankly snotty about like okay fine we'll help you and then you're going right like you're leaving yeah you're leaving tomorrow morning right like early like right now like right away yeah and so she's just like (laughs) yeah of course i'm leaving and i don't think it's that outlandish that i'm asking for help moving all of this heavy treasure that is what anyone would ask for the other thing too
0: is they're all kind of butthurt that she takes the treasure like it was like this big test because knock went back and told everyone hey i talked to franca last night and she's not what you guys all think she is and they're like oh well just watch she'll take all this treasure When at the end of the day, they offered it to her. She's allowed to take it if she wants to. Like, it's not, I don't think it says anything about her character. No, I
1: don't either. But, and I don't think any of them are really upset that she took it. I think Nock is because, I don't know, he felt like he spoke up for her and she let him down or whatever. Like, he's the only one that, that seemed, you know, upset that she took it. But she's seeing all this treasure as, like, a means for herself of financial freedom and for her brother, too. Yeah. She's like, I can I can provide for my family. And I, none of them understand or don't take the time to look and realize that she is basically gentry on a budget.
0: Yeah. No one knows. Even though they realize that, like, she gets... She doesn't... She's not in charge of her money even then. She gets her money from her brother. Yeah.
1: But they feel like she must connive and scheme to get more money. I think that's actually mentioned in the first book. But yeah, Cora says to Nock, I think I think after after Franca leaves, like, but didn't you see how good she looked and her hair and everything? Clearly she has like multiple maids attending to her. She just has the one because again, she's gentry on a budget. They don't take the time to actually appreciate <laughs> anything that is Franca. They're just perfectly contented to to judge and dismiss and you know hand her over the horns and be like you can be the evil one bye but knock still feels
0: bad for franca even though he feels like like he got a slap in the face by her taking all that treasure he's like you know everyone else got their got their man got their woman but franca lost hers
1: yeah and even if she didn't even if he lived she still could take the money why is it so bad that she took the money i don't understand i guess because she was supposed to be doing it for what they perceived as the right reason i guess
0: but they even say like they offered treasure to knock and he like he refused a large percentage of it i suppose and they offered treasure to other players i think and they all kind of were like no no
1: well, I think Cersei took hers, but they're okay with that because of all of what she endured since she was 14. They're like, it's okay, she deserves it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, now that she has this treasure, she sees this as freedom. She makes the plan to go across the Green Sea and visit other lands, which is a very dangerous, long journey.
1: Yeah, let me just point out that she wants to go to Erin, which as uh, somebody who's read that other series where that country is she doesn't want to go to Aaron she does not want to go to Aaron (laughs) I saw that and I was like no 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 go to anywhere else any freaking where else go to Foren's like that's cool please like seriously (laughs) anywhere else do not go there oh that's funny
0: (laughs) she also has a moment with her her maid uh Josette who she's always treated politely and paid well but has been very standoffish with her. And they kind of have like a, a small conversation where Franca starts to open up to her more. They kind of develop, I guess, a friendship at
1: that point with Josette. Yeah, because now she is like, you know what? I have this money now. Now, guess what, Josette? You can have help with your duties. Because she does just have the one lady's maid. So now she could have another one to help her. And even though she pays her more than the average maid servant in her position, because she does the duties of like three, she appreciates that she can now get paid even more. Like she intends to be generous with this money. She intends to
0: give a good portion of it to her brother and his family. And she intends to pay Josette more and have more like an additional servant and all these things and then travel with it so she has all these plans
1: all of them are good i think like good for yeah her. i was really thrilled at this point in the story silly me but i was i was just like she has, money, <laughs> she has options this is great let's go have adventures on the high seas or whatever so she goes to
0: she goes to sleep and she wakes up to this hiss in her ear that says attend your father and it's her mother's voice
1: yeah she knows what it is
0: instantly because this has happened before yeah she sits up in bed she's like where is he the voice says where he is in the buttery yeah franca immediately says leave christian alone that's her brother leave christian alone and i'll do whatever father wants Her mother says, accept your punishment and your brother will be safe. So they're holding her brother hostage to emotionally manipulate Franca into accepting her punishment. And she goes down to the buttery, which is where her father is. And he says, you and your brother have behaved very badly. And she tries to explain it. And he yells at her and she sees he's holding a whip. He is pissed because she committed treason, I guess. That's his excuse for being pissed.
1: It's a little confusing to me why that's the reason.
0: There's a hook in the ceiling and he has her stripped to the waist and hold her hands to the hook and hold herself there as he whips the shit out of her. And apparently this is a thing that has happened since the age of five Mm -hmm. for her because she used to see Christian getting abused and Christian couldn't handle it. And so Franca stepped up and has basically been the whipping girl for Christian and herself. Brutally whipped to the point where she has deep, deep scar tissue in her back and she no longer has full feeling there.
1: The understanding is that as long as she holds on to that hook, that her brother won't be whipped and her brother or tortured in some manner. And her brother is, I guess, soft of heart and he he isn't able to endure so she has to endure so as long as she holds on to that hook Mm -hmm. and takes the lashes her brother is protected so she is determined to hold that hook and at one point she's even wondering like she thinks she might have passed out temporarily and she's so fearful because she thinks, oh my gosh, did I pass out? Did I let go? You know, are they going to turn their attentions onto Christian? Oh no. She's very deep in her head. Like she's even accepted that she deserves this, yep. I think. That's what she thinks.
0: And I think a big part of that is because this has happened her whole life. Like this is, this is her normal. This is her normal meter yeah. right here where, you know, you did bad. So you get whipped to within an inch of your life.
1: Yeah. It's, it's unclear why what prompted this i mean they say it's because she committed treason but you get the impression that her dad doesn't really respect the authority like it would make it would honestly make more sense in the story to where if her parents were in league with the evil witches and their plot and therefore
0: that would make more sense because it's true i think i think maybe it has to do with with um making the house look bad Uh, i think he kind of alludes to that like you committed treason you could have
1: brought our house to ruin or something like that that sort of makes sense but i don't know it doesn't make enough sense to me
0: so it is it is selfish but i like your idea better (laughs) i like my idea better too (laughs) So anyway, she's she's just enduring at this point. She's enduring and all of a sudden she hears a woman gasp and then Nock's voice shouting what the fuck and her father says who are you and Nock tells the woman to go get Frey and Nock and, and Franka's father kind of get into a shouting match but Nock doesn't doesn't really care he doesn't like respect anything the father says or anything like that he basically goes over to franca and he's just like are you okay let go he's trying to convince her to let go
1: and she won't because she's so deep in her head that if she lets go that christian is going to get hurt Because, I mean, that's the thing is Christian and their mother is, was it back in that other country or whatever. And so, and there's no way Nock can know because this is magic. You know, like he doesn't understand that if she lets go, there will be consequences to that. Nock is standing there
0: trying to get her to let go of the hook and her father goes to whip Nock. Franca lets go of the hook, twists and shoots a blue magic at him making him fall down and that protects knock so it turns out franca has magic Woo-hoo. and she
1: and she <laughs> hasn't learned to use it because of course her magic would be a threat to her her parents so but she apparently knows enough about it to use it as a defensive weapon so
0: yay. Her mother has magic, so she's inherited it from her mother and it she comes from a long line of witches, apparently. So she's she's actually very, very powerful. But her parents have caused her to neglect the side of herself and no one no one knows except Franca, her parents, and now Nock.
1: Yeah, who knows? Maybe at age five her mother knew what sort of magic potential she had and that was They had to find a way to control her. So, Franca uses her magic to protect Nock, but then she goes right
0: back to trying to convince Nock to leave. Like, you leave, and she tells her father, I'll endure. I will not fall. I will endure. Frey comes in at that point, and Frey is like, what the (laughs) fuck? and franca sees frey and she has the presence of mind to say you have to stop her command the elves bring the green witch she's going to christian and he'll break so she begs frey to send valentine the green witch to save christian from her mother
1: which frey does so thankfully they trust her Uh, the father says
0: to frey i'm punishing her because she committed treason (laughs) like he's (laughs) like this is justified And Frey says that punishment would come at the command of your queen if your daughter hadn't moved to make amends. So Frey sends Josette, who was the person who got knocked, to go find Valentine, go find a doctor. (sighs) And she, Franca is still, she's still in that headspace. She goes over to Frey, who's her cousin, mind you. And says, you have to go and take Nock with you. And if I can withstand this punishment, they'll leave Christian alone. So they're still, she's still like, let him finish whipping me so that Christian will be okay. Frey realizes at this point that the mom has been communicating with the father across a week sled ride away. And so one of them is magic and he realizes that it's the mother. Nock says to Franca. They are not going to finish anything. They don't get it. Frey's gonna handle this and you're gonna come (laughs) with me and we'll take care of you.
1: (laughs) Franca does actually let go of the hook. Yeah, he carries her to his room. I don't- hopefully not carrying her because her back. He assists her in getting her to his room where he gets her sorted and orders- for like a sleeping draft to be brought to her. And she says, no, no, I don't want to take that because I don't want to be dependent on it. And he's like, right now, you need to be knocked out a little bit, the pain. And then I think he then finds out from Franca if anybody knows about her magic or if it's a secret thing. And she's like, no, nobody knows. He needs to know if he needs to help keep this secret. And then he leaves to go back down to the buttery so he can assist with the interrogation (laughs) aka the beating the crap out of her father
0: he asks franca how old she was and she says she was five and he's just like fucked up over that
1: (laughs) he is because you know he shows a little bit of humanity (laughs) i mean he he sees all the scars on her back he could tell by how she was clinging and withstanding that treatment that this is this is not her first pardon the word but rodeo
0: so he basically he orders her to stay in the bed and let everyone take care of her and drink the sleeping drink and he'll come back
1: He does it in a way that isn't necessarily ordering her to do it, but she does it because she's like, yeah, yeah, this pain is pretty intense. She concedes to it, but she's not being forced to, which kind of flies against what's happened to other characters in this series thus far. So Nock goes back to where Frey is and Frey and we learn the father's name Nils. And knock essentially beats the crap out of him until three of the guards have to pull him off. And I think knock even says at that point that he lets them yeah. pull him off.
0: <laughs> Nils tries to assert that Franca came of her own accord. Like this was consensual. <laughs> like she agreed to be whipped severely.
1: Oh, buddy, you don't know. You don't know what consent means. Uh-oh. Uh,
0: Valentine shows up with... The mom, who's Annika, and says that she got there just in time to protect Christian, and she stripped Annika of her powers. So now Annika, Franca's horrible mother, no longer has any magic. Oh, so goodness. sad. <laughs> uh, there, like nils is very upset about this, and he starts shouting at Valentine, and Valentine says, "I'll take your tongue," and then she makes his tongue disappear, Yay! which I thought was great. Go
1: Valentine! <laughs> we love you again
0: <laughs> she gives it back though sadly yeah
1: but she took it so that's something
0: frey now sees that Franca is not who everyone thought she is
1: yes that she they now everyone else now entertains the notion that Franca may have had other motives for behaving the way that she did now they're all nice to her and she doesn't know how to handle it knock and frey go back up
0: to where Franca is and Finny is there and And they attend to her, and there's a point where Frey considers calling the elves to heal her, and Valentine says, you need to chill out and make sure frank is okay with that because maybe she doesn't want all her scars gone
1: yes let's ask
0: permission please (laughs) yes which for once frey listens to because frey never listens to anyone but this time he does it's interesting that all the men from the prior books are much
1: more human in this book maybe it's because they're happily in love maybe that's why they're human i don't know i only have snarky thoughts and responses so
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting, though, because as I was reading, I'm going, oh, this isn't that character. This isn't the same character. This isn't the same Frey. This isn't the same lawn.
1: To be fair, he's deferring to a woman who has incredible magical power. So she's not, quote unquote, the average woman. Although I guess in the last book, they were trying to say that every woman has power, which it's funny that they say that because throughout the series, that's <sighs> not the case. So, I don't know if it's just Valentine, because if it was Finney making the suggestion, who knows?
0: So, when Franca wakes up, Nock is there, lets her know that Valentine saved her brother, her mother got stripped of her powers, and that her mother and father are currently imprisoned. He does mention that he beat the shit out <laughs> of her dad. And Franca says, You struck my father. And he says, repeatedly, but not repeatedly enough. <laughs> <laughs> which I kind of got like a little chuckle out of it because yeah <laughs> I don't know just the way just the way he talks about it it's I don't know he starts calling her Franny too which Franca hates
1: <laughs> I'm with Franca on that yeah
0: but from this point on if we say the word Franny that's why <laughs> cuz to knock she's Franny Yes
1: I I want her to always be Franca but apparently he insists which, I mean, if you're thinking of it from a character perspective, he is essentially marking the fact that she is a new woman. You know, like there's the rebirth moment. I think so. Or or maybe
0: that's the person he sees. Yeah. He doesn't see Franca Dracar. He sees Franny.
1: Well, yeah. And he even says, like, that name just sounds too harsh to be you. You're a Franny, not a Franca. And I'm just like, but I like Franca better. <laughs>
0: I need to point out, too, that I've learned in this book that I've been pronouncing both Franca and Valentine incorrectly, but I'm not going to fix it. Um, but Franca is apparently Franca and Valentine yeah. is Valentine. I'm not going to fix it. You'll just have to deal.
1: <laughs> I think I've been switching, too. It's fine. <laughs> I just can't do Franca. <laughs> I can, I like Franca or Franca. I'm okay with either of them, but I just, I don't know. I just don't like Franny.
0: they're both fine but i'm used to franca now so whatever yeah me too (laughs) but she points out that franny doesn't even sound like franca yes (laughs) she'd have to be franca for it to work
1: (laughs) which is just that's a little too weird (laughs) but then she tries to give him nicknames like she wants to call him nocturno and he just is like no knock which, okay, whatever. But it's like she tries to do the same thing, yeah. but she's not allowed to. Only he gets to rename, which is just irritating. Yeah. Well, it's
0: funny because Noc is, is the diminutive of Nocturno, but he refuses to be called Nocturno. Whereas Franny is a diminutive of Franca. Hmm. What does that say? Like, she needs to be a diminutive as an addition to him. I don't know. It's weird.
1: Well, they're both... I mean, Nock and Franny, those are diminutives. I think the thing is, is he gets the power to rename and she doesn't. It's a continuation of themes through the series yeah, that are... No, no. The female characters are not allowed to have power. The man will make the choices. Yep,
0: basically. And of those choices, Franca says she's going to leave the next day and immediately is told no 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 you are staying here and healing
1: which to be fair she should (laughs) i mean she
0: should but at the same time immediately her choices start being stripped
1: from her oh yeah yeah no totally
0: oh oh you're not a super bitch well in that case you can't make any decisions
1: (laughs) basically yeah no no we like you therefore you don't get to make choices for yourself It's because we care that we're taking Uh, the control from you. Yeah, we're taking care of you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so she even meets, like, Aurora meets with her and orders her that she has to stay for at least a week. So Franca has to stay now because the queen has ordered it. Aurora says in a couple days that she's to have dinner with her. And I just want to point out, this is one of the times that I just love Franca's internal (laughs) dialogue because... Um, after Aurora says, you know, you have to eat dinner with me, Franca thinks to herself, I wanted to dine with the queen, her otherworld daughter, and her son-in-law, a cousin who hated me, like I wanted someone to stick knitting needles <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> but did one refuse a queen? No, one did not. And then what she replies with is, It would be my most fervent <laughs> wish, your grace. Yeah. I love Franca. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she has the best internal dialogue. She's so snarky.
1: She is. That's probably why she's my favorite. There might be something to that. <laughs> <laughs> and She
0: starts to have all these people like start to force themselves on her. Oh, well, we've realized you're not the way you you said you are so like her cousin frey like extends the olive branch or whatever
1: yes and she's still hearing antoine in her head trying to guide her through this yeah and franca
0: she still refers to like her her nice personality as the new franca which is fine except it seems like she's being possessed by this new franca in her head, there's these things like old Franca would have done this, but now I'm the new Franca, so I have to do this instead. And it's like, it's not that she doesn't want to do the stuff new Franca wants to do, but at the same time, it's very difficult for her because she's not used to letting people in, like even her brother.
1: Yeah, this is where I think in the story it more cements the fact that the adversary that Franca needs to face is herself.
0: I agree. She grew up with this normal that is just horrific. And as a result, she's pushed everyone away from her because she wants to protect them, essentially. Protect herself,
1: protect them.
0: Yeah. At one point before the dinner and before her brother comes to visit, because her brother's going to come visit her, she tells Nock that she wants to see her parents one last time knock is like why would you want to see them again if you don't have to like why on earth would you want to do that and she replies with because i'm still standing she basically she wants to take her power back i think she wants to show them look i survived you
1: yeah and no initially knock is like no no you can't do this and then once she conveys her reason why then he's like okay i understand and so he makes that happen and what i think is funny is that in going to the was it jail or prison to visit them it's not just her going and it's not just her and knock it is everyone going which i just don't understand and she doesn't get it either and i feel like it's supposed to be like the one of those like you're cared about now so everybody must go it's i think it's It's just bizarre.
0: Yeah, it's a show of support. I mean, it's meant to be. I think that that Franca doesn't see it that way, especially initially. I'm sure if at the end of the book she looks back on this memory, she would. But at this point, she still... She doesn't consider herself to have any value. She doesn't understand why anyone would put themselves
1: out for her. I think she needs to appreciate that they need to do this because they feel guilty. That meanwhile, they didn't appreciate what was (laughs) happening to her. So now it's like this belated like, no, no, we care. Yeah, it's, it's a weird
0: situation because Franca hasn't let anyone know. There's no way they could have known. I don't know about that. And she's done her best to push everyone away. And no one, I guess, took the time to look closely.
1: Yes, everybody was just pleased to, to write her off as who they thought she was. Yeah. So Franca and Nock have a conversation.
0: Nock agrees that he'll help arrange for her to go see her parents before her brother comes. And then that evening... Franca has a conversation with Josette. She tells her that she has more money now and is going to give her a raise and is going to hire another maid and asks her if if she'd be willing to travel across the Green Sea with her. And this just continues to create this friendship that they're starting. So now it's less of a servant Uh, lady relationship and now the lines are blurring a little bit more Um, much in the way that the lines are blurred for the other characters in the prior books but Franca is well aware of blurring the lines whereas the other characters aren't because they're from our world and not used to having servants
1: yeah I really like this this moment with Franca and Josette because I think it's in this moment where she says at least when it's the two of us just call me Franca Because she's desperately wanting friendship. And I think it's wonderful that Franca's like, I want to go on this journey. Would you like to come with me? So she's not forcing her. But Josette's like, no, no, this sounds exciting. Let's go. Um, And I think she's happy that Franca's opened up to her. Because
0: this whole time in Franca's employ, she's tried her best to take care of her. She's seen all the shit that Franca's gone through. And had to just silently endure it. Because Franca silently endured it. And Josette didn't have she didn't have anything that she was able to do about it really except that night that knock was there because josette went and got knock because she knew knock would help franka
1: yeah franka didn't even understand like how did you know to go get help and she's like i've seen your back and so they have this wonderful like heart to heart moment and then i think it's at this moment where josette opens up about her past because her own family was lost in a tragic accident. She doesn't have any family ties, at least not ones that would be strong enough to keep her in a location. So she is all for going off to see what the world could have in store. Yeah, she's excited to go on an adventure. Franca actually says, well, that's great. Let's find another maidservant to bring with us to help you, and you'll be more like my charge... That will give you some sort of protection and make sure when you're looking for this maidservant that they also want to go on an adventure. <laughs> yes.
0: So then we have a fun little interlude with Valentine, who is scheming about another couple that she wants to get together. And we don't know very much about them yet, except that this particular man that she's watching is a fine specimen. Meh,
1: add it to the list. They're all fine specimens. I don't know. That doesn't help.
0: (laughs) Something else is happening soon. The next day, Franca gets ready to go visit her parents in jail. And she asks Nock if she looks okay. Like, does she look like she's in pain? Does she look fine? You know, essentially.
1: Yeah, because she wants to show up and be strong. To be like, you didn't. You didn't break me. You didn't. Yeah. I am Franca. Hear me roar.
0: And when she goes outside, she sees everyone else is there too. And she says to them, there's really no need. And Cersei says, there is a need. Finny says, there's absolutely a need. Franca's just like, whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, Franca. (laughs) I don't get it either.
0: But then there is a point that I did highlight. And when they get to the jail... Um, before they go in, Nock says, "If you're having second thoughts, we're out of here." And she realize she does have the thought that they'd all come to be there for her. Franka sees her f- her mother, and her mother just looks like a shadow of herself, kind of. And as they go beyond the cell and get to like where they can see her father, also, her father doesn't even acknowledge Franka at first. He starts yelling at Frey. I need a solicitor. I need all these things. Give me better clothes. How dare I not have the things I need? My wife needs to be in the same cell with me. Franka's dad even starts like saying to Frey, like, just wait till your father hears of this. And Frey's like, yeah, I don't give a shit about my father.
1: (laughs) My father's a creeper who hit on my wife. I don't really like my father. My father has no power. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) And then the mother
0: appeals to Franca, you can't want this for us. <laughs> oh, mother character. And Franca has the thought, like, I'd endured torture at their hands to mind, body, and spirit for 34 years, and there I was. And in nine days, she'd all but wasted away. She'd never survive a life in prison. Or more accurately, her life in prison would be a life significantly shortened. And then she asks Frey if they could be given another blanket and a pillow, you know, some things for warmth and maybe books to read or whatever. And Frey says, fine. And then her dad is like, a blanket and a book? Demand our release, Franca.
1: (laughs) No, no release for you. (laughs) Her
0: mom says, thank you for your kindness, Franca. And Franca says, do not mistake it as kindness, I request this in an effort to keep you healthy. It would not do for you to catch a deathly chill (laughs) and shorten your penance. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) And she just tells them off. She's like, you reap what you sow, and you deserve all of this, and now I'm gonna go off and live my life. F you.
1: (laughs) I'm conflicted. Like, on one hand... I, I love that she leaves and doesn't give them a second thought. But on the other hand, I feel like the book could have used them around a little longer for conflict and interesting things. But I also love that that when she says she's done with them, she's done. Not that their treatment of her has left her completely, but that she takes that moment to assert herself, walk out with her head held high and be like, Bye, idiots.
0: Yeah, she's evicted them from her mind. She still has to deal. Of course. She still has to deal with the damage.
1: And of course, I think she puts her hand on the bar and and her dad actually, like, goes to hurt her. And Nock just breaks, like, three of his fingers. Yes. Nock's like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> this will not be happening. I say no, because Hero. <laughs>
0: Speaking of hero, throughout, I'd like, we may not point it out every time, but throughout the story, Nock will check in with Franca, like, how are you doing? That was really crazy or really heavy or really difficult.
1: Yeah, he sees to her emotional well-being, which is nice. Good job, hero! You get a gold star.
0: Yeah, throughout the story, he checks in with her. (laughs) He's a modern man and he recognizes that emotions can have impact. Woohoo!
1: Good job, (laughs) Nock. I know it sounds sarcastic, but that's just my voice.
0: (laughs) Franka tells Nock at that point, um, after they're home and the next day and everything, before her brother arrives, that she's planning this trip across the Green Sea with her maid. And Nock doesn't say anything to her, but she can
1: kind of tell he looks a little, like, upset by this. Maybe because he's developed feelings for her? I don't know. Or it's because she's making a choice about her life and he didn't have any input. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Not
0: goes and talks to Finny about it because he knows that Finny has traveled a lot with Frey and Finny says, yeah, that's a really dangerous voyage. I know Frey's done it, but, you know, he commands dragons and elves. Yeah, he's done it
1: only twice (laughs) as he made that journey and he won't even let Finny go because it's too dangerous. Which is so silly, because he's the hero, so he'd be able to protect her, because that's the way this world works.
0: (sighs) Because safety.
1: They're all safe. That's one of the tenets of this world. They will always all be safe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Franca and Josette are working on uh, deciding who they're going to hire for this trip, so Franca's ready. I'm ready, too! (laughs) She's, She's ready to go. She's making plans. She's hiring somebody. She's told Knock her plans because she, she thinks Nock is hot and she appreciates yeah. him and considers him a friend and everything. But she's been through a lot. Her one love died. Her parents are now out of her hair.
1: She wants to go <laughs> discover herself. You know, she wants to go hit the high seas and have a feather in her cap and swashbuckles and sing songs about rum and do all kinds of fun stuff. I was really hoping that this is where the story would go at this point. Yeah stupidly looking forward to it
0: but then christian shows up that we have a nice reunion um with christian even though frank has been a bitch to christian you know outwardly he realizes all that she's done for him and sees her for who she is but now that the parents are taken care of he's gonna be a man yay christian (laughs) and in this world when you're a man you take care of your women and one of his women is his sister this is a very old-fashioned sort of world where you know if you're an unmarried woman you're in the care of your family and he's going to take on that role now now that their parents are imprisoned
1: yeah i only have snarky thoughts (sighs) is that why you're so quiet (laughs) I have a lot of like snark shark eating my brain <laughs> moments.
0: Yeah, I really struggled <laughs> with this whole idea because they have this big dinner um, with Queen Aurora again and Christian is there and Knock kind of lets it out like, yeah, so she's going to go across to the green sea and everyone like flips over it. And Christian's like, uh, no, you're not. I forbid it. The queen forbids it for at least a year.
1: Yeah, she's like, you're not in the right headspace to make these decisions, Franca. You have to wait a year. It's all because of Nock. Oh, that irritating person.
0: Queen Aurora says Franca's choices are either to go home with Christian, be there with him and his family because his wife is with child again so she's pregnant with his second child or to travel with the queen and she has a choice she can pick one those are her decisions
1: it's like with maddie in the previous book it's like yay she's given a choice but all the options are crap (laughs) yeah freaking knock with his like i'm just gonna throw this grenade right in the center of the table and watch it blow up and then just sit back and it's, it's again, it's one of yeah. those like, oh, they care about her. Therefore, they're allowed to boss her around. Yeah, there's this
0: whole thing where Franca has these thoughts that her brother is showing her that he loves her. Like what he's doing is showing that he cares about her and wants to take care of her. And she sees it through the lens of her world where at this point she sees her brother as manning up and, and doing what he s- should do. And while she's upset, about the decisions and things, she rationalizes it that way. Like, well, he's doing this because he cares about me.
1: Yeah, and her whole idea of being cared about is skewed because of what she's had to grow up with. She doesn't really know what that's like. I mean, I guess maybe she did because she points out like Antoine never made decisions for her, but the way she says it is almost like that's a bad thing.
0: Yeah, well, see, this is the thing. Like, I don't think... I mean, I agree with you that her sense of normal is skewed due to her, her childhood, her past and all that. But I think that this is how everyone in this world thinks. Because if you look at the prior books through that lens...
1: It's not just everybody in this world because it's kind of what Nock thinks too. True. To a slightly less extreme extent. Yes. Mildly less. (laughs) It's one of those like (laughs) door talk lawn things. It's like, well, lawn's bad, but that fucker over there is worse. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's just pervasive in these books that the men are showing that they care about the women by taking care of the women. And one of the ways in which they take care of the women is making choices for them.
1: Taking away their agency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I would say in a healthy relationship, there are times when you may want to make a choice for your partner, but at the end of the day, it isn't your choice. It's their choice because they're their own person. And
1: even even if it was a situation in which I can't make this decision, honey, could you make this decision for me? It's still their decision to turn over that. They're consenting.
0: Yes. They're saying, I give you this power in this limited way because i trust you
1: yeah but that's not what's happening through any of these books it's just it's the taking or the asserting and then yeah there's no defense against it and there's
0: almost like this knowing like yep that's how men are sort of thing between all the women who have a man yes
1: even the ones that don't it's a oh he's bossing me around well that's my guy isn't it so cute oh he's so bossy i have to do what he
0: says because he loves me hmm <laughs>
1: yeah
0: (laughs) oh my and especially in fantasy land world consent is not a thing like these men do these things to take care of their women and just assume that they're allowed to do that and apparently they are Yes,
1: their creator has endowed them with these sorts of abilities and rights
0: so behind the scenes Knock comes up with an idea where so Franca wants an adventure. I want Franca. She should come home with me back to my world. This is weird because it's like he wants to get all his ducks in a row before he broaches the subject to Franca, but he doesn't do it without her consent at all. He kind of goes behind her back and he talks to Frey and he has him arrange it with Valentine that Valentine's willing to send Franca back to Nock's world with Knock and all these things. But then he says, I'm going to ask her to do it. Or convince her to do it or whatever so he has this idea that he's gonna get her on board yeah with
1: it. it's very for lack of a better way to put it old Franca. like they're like oh she's the one that will manipulate you and all of this and be the puppet yeah. master of the situation but Naka's doing the exact same thing they comment on that at, at a certain point that he would have no problem for the the person that he loved making a deal with the devil or you know having some sort of machination or whatnot
0: yeah We get a lot more insight into how the men think, I think, in this book.
1: I agree. I'm not saying that his intentions are evil or anything like that, but it's it's just so funny to me that they keep talking about how bad Franca's behavior has been in the past when they do the exact same thing to her in the name of caring or love or whatever.
0: I read it slightly differently. While I was not comfortable with him making all these machinations behind her back without talking to her, first I kind of thought of it more along the vein of planning a vacation like a surprise <laughs> vacation for. Your lover. That's a much
1: nicer way to think of it.
0: And then saying, surprise. <laughs> and while not everyone would like a surprise vacation, I know I would <laughs> not. Um,. <laughs> Some people, yes, I think, would. That's true. And we all know that Franca, Franca is in the market for an adventure. And Nock knows that he needs the powers in that country to be okay with this before he offers it to her. Because he can't just, like, offer it to her and then have, like, you know, everyone say, No, if you leave, that will be treasonous.
1: And he also doesn't have control over her. But the Queen does.
0: But, I mean, she's been ordered at this point. So she has an order from the Queen. So... For him to make any changes, he has to get, Uh like, the queen on board. So I can see why he wants to do all these things before he presents it to her as an option. But at the same time, it is a little weird, a little shifty. And I can understand your perspective as well because it is a little schemey.
1: And he's not the only one. We Valentine, through the course of... Several of the books, all of them, in fact, has been very schemy. Makes you kind of wonder. But I just, I love how no, Franca's schemings are bad, but everybody else's are okay. It's because we didn't like Franca. But Franca is cruel. yeah It's it's the kind of the same thing with bad Cora, if you will, or other Cora or whatever. And other Finny, they they're painted as bad because the heroes don't like them, which is why I was hoping the evil witches would win. Yeah. I knew that wasn't gonna happen. I at least wanted them to put up a fight. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't really happen either because it's like their entire fight scene was just about as long as it takes to have one of the women's outfits described i was like wow that was short all righty yeah so nox kind of got all his ducks in a
0: row then comes and talks to franca and says i have an alternative choice <laughs> for you you can come with me to my world and you could either come with me now or you could go be with your brother and sister-in-law while she has her baby and I can go do my adventure with Finny and Frey like I had planned and then after those months pass you can come home with me and I'll be an adventure for you and you'll be able to see something amazing which is what she'd wanted. She'd wanted to go see something like she'd never seen before which is why she wanted to cross the Green Sea. Yeah
1: and also get rid of these memories you know to be in a different place that didn't constantly remind her of, of bad things. He
0: gives it to her like it's a choice, but (laughs) Franka can tell that he's very invested in her saying yes.
1: Yes. And so for this purpose, she doesn't say yes right away. She's like, yeah, I'll think about it. (laughs) Because she's still also hurting for Antoine, I think. I don't think she's fully let him go. She's sifting through those feelings.
0: At this point, she's feeling guilt, too, because she's very attracted to Nock. And she's attracted to this uh, behavior from Nock, where Nock is like, okay, I see you have problems, I'm going to fix them for you. And she thinks about Antoine and how Antoine would not do that. Antoine was there for her but he didn't take control over anything like all her problems were still her problems he wasn't willing to take on her problems but she sees knock is and she likes that i struggle with that because in some ways i can understand her feeling i would not want a partner who was not my partner yeah and I think that's the understanding she's coming to about her relationship with Antoine, that he was not a true partner to her. But I don't know that the definition of partner means that he comes in and starts running your life for you.
1: No, I completely agree.
0: On some side of it, I, I get where she's coming from and I understand and I, I can appreciate that. And I, I appreciate the take charge type of mentality that Nock has. I like it. But throughout the story, I think the author plays with the idea of... Of them being equals in the relationship. And then consistently defaults to no, no. No, actually they're not. Yeah. I feel like I'm being teased throughout this book. (laughs) Not in a good way.
1: (laughs) Not the good kind of teasing. (laughs) What are
0: your thoughts on that? Do you feel like... Like they're true partners No. by the end.
1: And maybe my thinking on it is somewhat colored by the previous four books where it's so glaringly obvious that they're not. And if yeah. I had read this book by itself... Out the benefit of those other books influence i should say i might think of it differently mm-hmm. but i don't think the story has any intention of bolstering franca into any kind of equal with knock i feel like if that was the intention of the story Then Franca's choice and wanting to go adventuring on the high seas or anywhere, wherever it is she wanted to travel, would have been supported rather than, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. And getting literally an edict from the queen. Yeah that says that she can't and I know at one point when it first happens she's trying to find a way out of it and I was really hoping that she did because that just reminded me so much of Finney's story where she was like I'm here I'm going to adventure and having that want taken away from her yeah immediately Yeah, immediately <laughs> If, if any of her decisions for herself would have been supported, then perhaps I would think differently. But they're not, you know, it's, it's almost like a padding on the head.
0: No, you don't actually want that.
1: Exactly. And so <laughs> later... In the story, too, like when she's reevaluating what she had with Antoine and more of their relationship is brought forth as far as what may have started as the nature of their relationship and it changes. Like he's a Floridian prostitute, he becomes a kept man. And so later, when she's evaluating her relationship with him, she's wondering, did I ever really even love him? Because now I have these feelings for Nock.
0: There's that power imbalance between her and Antoine that she's much more keenly aware of now.
1: But I think she is mistaken when she thinks that she has equal power in the relationship with Nock. I don't even know if she wants there to be equal power honestly. I don't think she
0: does. I think she wants the style of relationship that she sees all the other women in these stories have. She wants, she wants her lawn. She wants her fray.
1: Exactly. Which essentially means she wants, you know, someone to be more, Obviously dominant, which is, you know, that's fine.
0: Yeah, if it's consensual, it's fine.
1: Yeah, it's consensual. She's into it. It's fine. You know, at no point in this story does he physically abuse her without her consent. So it's fine. Like, I get, I think she gets the relationship that she wants. So yay. (laughs) So I'm going to move forward a little bit in time here. And
0: Franca has kind of mended fences a bit with her sister in law, Brikitta. Who, when Brikitta married into the family and married her brother Christian, she was very, very mean to her. Kind of because she's like, stay away from our family, you don't want any of this. But Brikitta didn't know that was her intent.
1: And she also didn't think that she was strong enough to be a part of the family. Because she thought that he, she would bring out Christian's quote-unquote softer side, which she did not think would benefit Christian. Yes,
0: she She mends fences with brikitta. She develops a relationship with her nephew and she decides that she's going to go home with Christian and his family until the baby is born and then go to Nock's world. They make all the arrangements and then they say their goodbyes because Nock is going off to go adventuring with Finny and Frey and see the world and all that. Like that's that's his reward. Like they offered him like a ton of money and he took some of the money and then said I want to go on an
1: adventure here. Doesn't he then go adventuring on the high seas not that I'm bitter he does (laughs) on the bitter seas yes he does on the M is bitter seas
0: (laughs) 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 yes and they write to each other they write to each other and they have a you can kind of see that this relationship is developing. And for Franca, she cares for him, but she's kind of, she's trying to friend zone him.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think.
0: Because she doesn't see him wanting her. And Nock has kind of friend zoned himself a bit because he does want her, but he's like, yeah, she needs to deal with all these feelings for a while before I try anything.
1: Yes, he's trying to be respectful. And
0: there is one point where franca talks to valentine and valentine says hey yeah remember when i stripped all your mom's magic (laughs) do you want it because i could give it to you (laughs) and at first franca doesn't want it but then she agrees and she agrees to go undergo training Uh, magic magical training with valentine and valentine promises her that um, she can help do the love matches that valentine's been perpetrating throughout the series and the love match that she's currently working on is other dax lawn and cersei
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and franca is like heck yeah i'm all about
1: that i am so glad that she Not just that she has magic, but she actually wants to be trained in said magic. Couldn't she have learned the magic and then go adventuring on the high seas? Like, would she not be formidable? I'll let it go. I promise.
0: (laughs) You just want a pirate book with a strong woman.
1: I do. I think we need a pirate book next. (laughs) I've got a hankering from some pirates. (laughs)
0: If any if any uh, listeners have a good pirate romance that they'd like to recommend, feel free to comment um, either on our website or on iTunes or something like that and let us know. I'm That includes our number one fan. I mean, even if our one listener are <laughs>
1: <laughs> one and only.
0: <laughs> oh, and there, we also learned an interesting fact that the Fantasyland world is twice as big as... Our world, and that's why it's because I was crowded. kind
1: of wondering about that. Because if if there's like a one to one soul thing, then they also have like seven billion people there thereabouts.
0: And there's this other thing with Valentine that just pisses me off because not a whole lot is done about it. Where throughout the series, Valentine has had a lover in her bed, and she just treats him like a toy or whatever. Like that's the way she thinks of him. There's this one point where where she's thinking about her lover and it like gives him a name like he's not just a body not just a trifle not her companion with laurent you know and i'm thinking oh this is significant but no it's not forget it's there
1: wasn't there a laurent with apollo's dudes or was that lorenz there was a lore right of some kind
0: yeah i think that was Laurens. i wondered that too but i don't know and it doesn't matter That's the point is that it's there
1: here and it annoys me because nothing happens. It's a thread that goes nowhere. Well, she gets her heart broken, though. So it does lead to something. Yeah, she gets her heart broken. But again, (laughs) there's there's nothing like there's
0: there's all these little things about valentine that i want to know more about like she's like it's alluded to she's not quite possibly human yeah but we don't know anything about that
1: i honestly thought that she was going to be the villain of the fifth book dude that would have been cool that didn't happen because that would be something remotely exciting and that doesn't happen in these books
0: that, that's not how this
1: world yeah this fantastical world works apparently although if she was she would have been dispatched within a paragraph so maybe it's better that it didn't happen it would have just been ultimately disappointing
0: <laughs> i just feel unfulfilled with the whole valentine oh totally story. yeah like right there with you she's an infinitely more interesting character <laughs> yep i'm right there with you just these little and the fact that the author can put in like these little clues throughout the books that make you interested in this character and then just go, "Ah, oh, no, fuck her.
1: I don't care. There's tons of interesting characters in these <laughs> books, but we don't get to spend time with any of them. What is it? Mita or, or whatever from <laughs> book four? Yeah, she was totally interesting. At one point, uh, Valentine tells
0: Franca that Cersei has been blocking her magical attempts to get her together with Lon, uh, Otherworld Lon. Although Cersei doesn't know that's what Valentine is trying, Cersei knows Valentine is trying something and is blocking those attempts and franca says well then we'll just have to do it the old-fashioned way franca is all in like she she wants to do matchmaking she likes it
1: yeah because she she does have a mind for schemes or at least enjoys them so this is a better quote-unquote outlet for them yeah she sees this as a positive scheme i think yes which i must admit at this point i'm kind of wondering what kind of scheming did she actually do i mean we're told that she's a schemer but i mean really how bad was she
0: Months pass and uh, her brother's wife has their second child and they name the child France, F-R-A-N-T-Z, which I think is after Franca. Aww. Um, that's kind of how I took it. Franca magically projects her voice into Nock's head and says, I'm ready to go. <laughs> and Nock is like, okay, me too. And so then Valentine brings clothes for Franca and Josette. Oh, by the way, it's important to note that Franca told Josette about this change of plan. And Josette was all in for it. Like she's all, heck yeah, I want to go to the other world. Yeah, (laughs) I love Josette. Yeah, she's awesome. But Franca and Josette have new clothes from Valentine. And Josette's clothes are kind of like your standard casual wear, I think, with flip-flops even. And Franca is kind of more like dressy. I think she's got like heels and uh
1: like a wrap dress on i don't remember i know there's heels and they talk about clothes but i honestly kind of ignore those parts (laughs)
0: there's a lot of time spent on the heels because oh she can't walk in the heels and i think at a point earlier nox says something like oh she'd look awesome in heels franca has to spend time practicing walking in heels and it's just like oh my god franca is scandalized by this dress because her legs are exposed Oh Lord! <laughs> Which,
1: considering the fashion f- from where she's actually from, that I could see that as scandalous. Yeah, Franca
0: is like okay. I like how I look in this dress, but I feel a little, a little exposed.
1: But she goes with it because it's the fashion of the world that she's going to. So she goes with it. Valentine says, I'm going to bring
0: Josette to my house and then I'm going to bring you to Nock. And at first, Franca's like, oh, hell no. I'm in charge of making sure Josette is safe. You do not take her away from me. But Valentine doesn't give her a choice. (laughs) And spirits Franca off to land right in front of Nock, like, right in front of (laughs) knock and knock like looks her up and down and he's just like oh wow they barely talk and then they start like making out (laughs) yeah like immediately which it is halfway through the book so okay yay They're in New Orleans in the middle of Mardi Gras and there's this huge crowd around them and he they've got strangers yelling at them.
1: Yeah, once he picks her up cuz they they go to start walking. I think it's to the hotel or whatever and she can't really walk in the heels. <laughs> So I don't think she full-on falls on her face, but she's... The lady stilts are a bit of a problem. He scoops her up, like, in one fell swoop and is, like, carrying her, like, on his shoulder. And so that's when the guys are like, woohoo, you know, go dude and, and all of that. And then there's one... One woman who says something like, I think I just orgasmed, you're not really sure if she's talking about that or like a beignet that she's having because it just, it's dialogue that's kind of out of nowhere. So you don't really know what she's referring to.
0: Well, M, these are the main characters. So obviously, everyone's paying attention to them.
1: Of course, I forgot. The creator has decided that they're the center of the universe. So everything pertains to them. They're all watching. Or let me put it this way everything pertains to the hero. <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause the creator likes the hero just a little bit uh, more, I think. I think she has a favorite.
0: Nock gets them a hotel room, they have sex, and Franca notes that in the past she's she's been very sexually free. She likes it, she has many lovers, she's good at sex. But she's in control. And when she's with Nock, he's the dominant one in bed. And she's never had that where she wasn't leading in bed. And she likes it.
1: Woohoo, she's into it. Oh,
0: and birth control. There's birth control in case you're worried. <laughs> We're all about the condoms and the birth control in this book, thankfully. As she's getting situated um, in this world, Nock is very, he's very solicitous. He's very much like, oh, this is a whatever, and this is how it works. Like, even when they get to the hotel right at the beginning, he says, we're going in an elevator, and it's going to do this. Have this expectation for this experience. Yes,
1: this is a bathroom. This is how the toilet works.
0: Yeah, he never seems to be impatient with answering these questions. He's very aware, like, I am your guide you <laughs> Well,
1: of course. Look at the role <laughs> it puts him in. Of course, and he's
0: into it. Yeah, he likes it. He's into her. He and uh, Franca have a conversation about the state of their relationship. Nock says he wants to continue what they're doing, and Frank is like, "Okay, so you want to continue to be free to have sex with me?" And Nock misinterprets this as like Franca thinking he just wants her for her for her body, and he gets upset about that initially. But then Frank is like, "No, no, I mean, in addition to the." the The friendship that we've shared over the past however long. Now we're having sex and you want to keep all of this the way it is. (laughs) And Nock's like, yes. So it's like, can we not jump to conclusions and get grumpy, Nock? Please?
1: You've been doing so well thus far at not being that guy.
0: Nock also gets introduced to the concept that Franca has of her self, where she states that she has a midnight soul, which is the title of the book. But Franca feels that she has this darkness in her and Nock does not like this. Throughout the book, he works to show her, no, 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 what you think is wrong and what I think is right. Yep. This could be interpreted as like her slowly healing and accepting that someone else loves her and cares about her the way she is. And that's probably the intention. Probably. But it's a little frustrating when you have someone, a character saying, yeah, so this is how I see myself. And the other character immediately is like, no, that's wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And she, I mean,
0: you should not see yourself that way.
1: You can understand, given her background, why she immediately just chooses his perception of her over her
0: own. But she struggles with that, too. I think throughout the book, she comes to terms with like his perception of her is correct now i don't know that that means that her perception is incorrect i think the book the author intends for us to see it that way that she's realizing who she is who she really is but i think it's fair to say that someone can have a perception and it's correct and someone else can have a differing perception and it's also correct
1: yes i agree
0: i don't have a problem with that
1: yeah i don't know why they both can't be right but whatever The other thing is that she's healing
0: and the author plays very dangerously with the idea of someone healing someone else.
1: Yeah, I think it's about this time too that she stops hearing Antoine's voice.
0: Antoine tells her, I think, goodbye, basically, like his voice tells her goodbye before she goes to the other world. Yeah,
1: where she realized that she never really loved him or it wasn't her dream love or whatever. Yeah, he was
0: a love, but he wasn't the love. He wasn't her her lawn or her fray.
1: I guess that's what it's supposed to be. Like, not lawn, not fray, not love?
0: I guess. Like her destined love.
1: Like maybe, and by destiny, do you mean the love that Valentine picked out?
0: Uh, it does seem mm-hmm. that way, doesn't it?
1: Just a little bit. Now, Franka does point out that
0: it's impossible for people, including you, Nock, to know me better than me. But he doesn't really agree. No, nope. big surprise. There's a lot of sex. There's there's a lot of sex. They have a lot of sex, and it's it's good sex. It's happy sex. Um, they have a lot of conversations during sex. Nock tells her that everything that she is belongs to him, and everything that he is belongs to her. And he makes the statement like, yes, we're equal. That's important to remember for later. (laughs) At one point, they're out buying new cell phones with Josette. And Josette apparently has a thing for black guys or Meruvians, which is what, um, like, the the country where the darker-skinned people are from in their world. She hits on the guy buying them cell phones. (laughs) I kind of enjoyed that scene because (laughs) Josette says, like... (laughs) I'm uncertain what the etiquette is where I'm from. I would just ask you after you're finished with your duties, if you'd like to meet me at a pub for an ale and then take me to your bed. <laughs> what do you do here? <laughs> oh. Around that same time, Nock explains what wedding rings are because apparently the salesman is married. He's wearing a ring and both Josette and Frank are like, oh, how novel. That's so nice. <laughs> the men weave themselves out knock <laughs> um, ends up not being a cop he'd made like this deal with valentine that after he goes to fantasy land um, to save the world that he'd come back and live in new orleans because cersei also lives in new orleans so he'd be around someone who understood um, she'd get him a job as a cop but instead she offers him the choice between a job as a cop or a job working for this private organization and so he ends up taking the private job because of. It makes more money and it's more flexible. He doesn't discuss any of this with Franca. He just does it. At some point, he mentions to her that that's what he did.
1: Yeah, because he can make decisions and not tell anybody and it's fine.
0: And then Franca reveals to Nock that she knows that he and Cersei banged. And she's kind of worried about it because up until this point they've been in this bubble like since she's arrived they've been in this wonderful sexy everything's perfect bubble and she's like but i don't know if i'm to expect monogamy from you and knock says no no we're monogamous like i want you to only be with me i will only be with you he explains the cersei situation how she came on to him for like a one night stand and he understood how big of a deal it was for her to make an overture to anybody and that's why he went with her so he kind of says he gave Cersei pity sex (laughs) like he's just so good that he could see how hard it would be for her for him to reject her and so he had sex with her he agreed to this one night stand and made it good for her (laughs) what a hero
1: I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing. Did you have any thoughts about that? <laughs> None that I want to share. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can understand why Nock would want to downplay whatever it was that he had with Cersei, especially in front of Franca. Where it's like, yeah. no, no, it, it meant nothing. Because I think if if memory serves <laughs> I think because of Franca's exceptional powers of deduction and knowledge of of human behavior, she was able to see not just that they had had sex at the start of the book, but that he was he was not satisfied with the sexual experience that he had right. with Cersei. So not only is it pity sex, it wasn't pity sex that satisfied him.
0: Yeah, she she thinks to herself that if he had his choice, he would still be in. The- room with her yeah still doing it but he could tell that Cersei was done
1: and so he left (laughs) hero taking one for the team Uh, it's it's one of those moments where you're just like you feel bad for so many things and so many characters that it's just hard to put it all into words and i think it's also isn't it at this point in the story where frank is trying to set cersei up with Daxlon, so she kind of is trying to feel him out like what sort of feelings he's gonna have if she does that
0: and she mentions to knock that she's planning to do this and wants his help with it and knock is like i'm not helping you with that that is a bad idea
1: yeah and she doesn't understand like if it's because he still has feelings for cersei or what yeah i don't know what did you what did you think of the whole cersei knock downplay of events or maybe it wasn't downplay i mean it's it's perfectly acceptable if they wanted like a one-time thing. Yeah. So I think he's just maybe trying to downplay it because he's facing his girlfriend or whatever.
0: I'm of two minds about it because if you look at the evidence in the text, according to Franca, Cersei was done. Knock wasn't yet done, but he left anyway. And then when she brings it up to him, he states that Cersei wasn't his type at all. But he was horny. Well, yeah, because he had just been involved in this huge adrenaline causing event and so he was ready to party and Cersei approached him and he could see that it would hurt her feelings if he said no and he was up for it. So he went and did it and now they're friends. I think that's all reasonable. You have an adrenaline causing event. It makes you kind of frisky. You want to play it out. That's cool. That's fine too. Whatever. But from a critical reader standpoint
1: I just... So instead of pity sex could it be viewed as compassion sex
0: yeah it it really reads to me like he's doing her a service
1: he was a sexual service
0: yeah it's like almost like Cersei made an appointment and was like yes I would like to start having sex again all my previous sexual experience is really shitty I'm looking for a good guy to have a one-night stand with and make sure I have a good time and knock is like I fit all these requirements. <laughs> yes, I will make sure you have a good sexual experience as you re enter the world of sex. It's just, it's kind of gross to me. It's very
1: transactional in a way. That How is it any different from what Franca and Antoine had? I mean, money didn't change hands, but... I don't know because we don't see a whole
0: lot of interaction between Franca and Antoine. It's all memories. I know. I really wish we had. However, it does seem like the transactional nature of their relationship was very upfront because she employed him multiple times. They liked each other and she was like... How would you like to be my full-time guy? And he was like, Yeah, that sounds great. And then he became her her kept man. Whereas this situation with Cersei and Noc is more nuanced because. It's not up front that way. And it's explained in a transactional way to Franca, which just kind of makes it sound yucky.
1: Do you think it's explained it that way so that Franca would understand it? Or do you think it's explained that way because that's the way Nock understood it? I
0: think it's the way Nock understood it.
1: I mean, I don't get the impression that Cersei necessarily was going to approach just anyone. I think she, she sought him specifically. She picked him. Yeah, and she was also on an adrenaline rush. The guy Guy that had abused her for 20 years just died, you know. I think she should have been able to torture him for a while, but whatever. She was probably feeling all these wonderful feelings along with adrenaline and wanted to take that back. Yeah, You know, I think that was honestly, now that I think about it, it was very much akin to Franca going to the prison.
0: Oh, I agree with you. Definitely. On Cersei's part, definitely.
1: (laughs) And Nock was instrumental in that part too.
0: Um... But what okay, see that's the thing. I don't I don't have a problem like with Cersei's side of it. I don't have a problem with knock having had sex with Cersei. My issue is with how he's reduced it down to this transaction.
1: I think it's probably just because he wasn't emotionally involved. I guess I just don't have a problem with it. Or I don't have the problem that, that you do with it.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I could, because I don't have a problem with, with transactional sex in general.
1: Because like I said,
0: with Franca and mm-hmm. Antoine, it was transactional transactional but it was also above board and i mean maybe knock is is trying to imply that you know he understood it was a one night stand cersei understood it was a one night stand like that whole point like maybe we're just supposed to intuit that cersei also understood like the things knock is understanding about the transactional nature of the sexual encounter i don't know
1: i guess your problem with it is at this point we don't know if cersei views it in the same way yeah I want it to be mutual okay well i think probably cersei does i mean she's supposed to be from a culture that is more accepting of transactional sex so probably plus the fact that (laughs) this is gonna sound super snarky that much like when frey after they were attacked just instantly deduced the correct thing you know oh it's these guys who are attacking and i think it's sort of like that like knocks the hero so whatever he says is right because he
0: I don't know. I think part of it too is like maybe my own insecurities. If I were Cersei, which thank God I'm not, but if I were and I handpicked a guy and I was like, you seem like the type of guy who'd give me a really good time and make sure I had fun and I really need that, you know, and all those things. If I were to learn later that he says, yeah, she totally wasn't my type, but I could tell it would hurt her feelings if I said no. (laughs) (laughs) That's just fucked up. (laughs) Maybe I'm just relating too hard to Cersei or something, you know?
1: No, I see your point. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I don't think Cersei would take it personally. I don't think she was thinking of it in those terms. According to
0: the text, she was not expecting it to, to progress beyond that one night. And so that's fair. But at the same time, she chooses him.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: (laughs) It's a big deal for her.
1: I can understand. Like, if Cersei was a fly on the wall and overhearing this conversation, it could be difficult for her to hear, well, she was willing, eh? Kinda, yeah. But I don't know if... I feel like the same could be said from Cersei's perspective, where she was like, well, he was willing, eh? I mean, we don't know because we don't get Cersei's side of it. Possibly...
0: Except that Nock
1: is aware of that. Yeah, I I could see where that's that's where the tricky thing is. Is we don't know it, what Cersei's feelings about the whole thing were. It would be different too if we were hearing Cersei say these exact same things that knock is was like, well, I had just seen the guy who had abused me for 20 years die. I had all this adrenaline and I wanted to take back my own sexuality. Here was a guy who was good looking and unavailable. He's not my type, but you know, it doesn't hurt to look at him. Yeah, he was willing. I said, do you want to? And he said, yeah. So we're good i don't think if that ever if that moment ever happens in this story i know there is some conversations that happen between frank and cersei because of Franco wanting to set cersei up with dax lawn yeah and that kind of not going well initially i don't think they ever really talk about it
0: i think the whole point of the initial sexual encounter at the very beginning between cersei and Nock is to make it okay for cersei to get set up with dax later yeah because the encounter with knock shows that cersei was ready to start reclaiming her sexuality and there would be no point in setting her up with her destined man unless she was dtf
1: yeah no i think that's exactly why that scene is even there because <sighs> otherwise it doesn't really serve our purpose
0: Well, I hope you're right. I hope that Cersei wouldn't be hurt if she heard all that stuff that Nox said.
1: (laughs) I don't think she would be. But I kind of think she would be. (laughs) I think with Balder and then the pirates, because it sort of implied that they also treated her as a sex object. And then she woke up in the bride claiming, was it, enclosure or whatever. The wife hunt. Yeah, I think... (sighs) If nothing else, she is of sterner stuff that would just be like, well, so what? I wasn't his type. That's fine. I think she'd be like, whatever. <laughs> I hope you're right. You know, even if even if she was a fly on the wall in that <laughs> moment, I don't think it would take her down at all.
0: Okay, I'm gonna try to internalize <laughs> okay. your
1: interpretation.
0: Okay, moving on. It's important to say that uh, we get reminded about Knox's backstory, which... We don't know Knox's backstory. We know Tor's backstory. But since they're twins in the parallel worlds, it's essentially the same. And so Knox's mom died giving birth to him. And then Knox's father's second wife died of pneumonia shortly after giving birth to his brother. His dad's third wife um, raised the boys and ended up dying of breast cancer. And so he has the same tragic backstory as Tor where his dad had three wives and they all died. And he has two brothers who are half brothers. The third wife, uh, Judy, was basically his mom. We learn his his birth mom was named Amara and he wants to name uh, his future daughter Amara. He and Franka kind of have this conversation like, do you want kids? Because I want kids. And Franka's like, well, you know, I never really thought about having kids, but I definitely do now. Which like makes sense.
1: <laughs> Cause I could see before where she absolutely wouldn't want to. Valentine gives uh Josette and Franca
0: a gift of going to a spa. And so knock drops them off at the spa after explaining what a spa yes. is. Yes. <laughs> mm. Um Again, Naka's super solicitous, but he's very much a stereotypical man's man. I am taking you to the spa and I will stay at the spa if you don't feel safe unless I stay. But I would prefer (laughs) not to stay. He's very like, I don't go to spas. I don't go shopping. (laughs) Franka decides he doesn't have to stay with her. Like she feels okay with it.
1: Yeah, the reason Valentine gives her this spa thing is that she can be done up in the right way. How women are expected to present themselves to their men. Well, and so she can
0: fit in with the world, like to get her brows shaped and learn how to apply makeup a certain way and, you know, dress a certain way, carry herself a certain way just to give her like a real world experience, I think. I
1: guess that's one interpretation. You think it was for Nock? Yeah, everything in these stories are for the guys. (laughs) I'm not, I wish I was (laughs) kidding, but I'm not. Like they're all for the heroes. So no, I think it's... (laughs) It's not to ingratiate her into the world because not every woman goes to a spa. That's true. But the type
0: of woman Franca would be is probably a spa Maybe. type of woman.
1: She likes it. So that's fine. It's not like she was there and traumatized. But no, this there's this idea that you need to, to get done up so you know how to look pretty. Because your current level of pretty is not, I don't know, enough. Because I mean, Nock even tells her, don't. You know, trimming the ends of your hair is fine, but don't cut your hair short because I like it long. So it's not for her it's not for her to find out what would be pretty for her, or eyebrow shaping or whatever, because presumably Nock likes her the way she is. And it's not even just to go get pampered. At least that's not the impression I got. No,
0: I I can see how you're looking at it. I mean from the if you're looking at it from the perspective that all of this is for the man, to serve the man, then of course Valentine arranges for them to go so that they can be more attractive to the man, or to men in general.
1: And I think ugh, where she leaves the Adela T there, oh, it was Maddie and Apollo, so the previous book, where she basically date-rape drugs Maddie. Yeah. And then in this book, she gives Franca's mother's magic to her. Franca then goes and seeks knock but it's it's sort of like she just keeps wanting to instigate these things so much i just always assume she has an ulterior motive again i thought she was going to be the villain at the end of the book (laughs) so i was also kind of seeing it through that way too like
0: yeah valentine's a very manipulative character so it could very well be I don't disagree with your interpretation of it, but my interpretation was very much more like, okay, we're just gonna polish you up so you fit in better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wish she was doing it just so Franca could have a good time, but Valentine's just too schemy. So yeah, Franca just
0: gets her hair trimmed and she gets prettified in all the other ways, which is fine because she likes it. Josette gets her hair cut, um, like to her shoulders or something, and she gets like blonde highlights, and she looks very different, but is thrilled with it and Frank is happy because Josette is happy and she has this very um guardian esque sort of feeling for Josette like she feels responsible for Josette and that's probably because in her world she is I mean Josette is her maidservant
1: she's in charge of yeah her. I guess it could be interpreted as like a big sister yeah I think that's kind of what it transitions to yeah because that's like the closest thing each other has to family particularly there. So
0: there's some loose ends that get tied up. There's this conversation that Franca and Nock have about how their relationship brings balance back between the worlds because theoretically he was to end up with Korra, but evil Korra died. Evil question mark. Yeah. Quote
1: evil Korra. Who's referred to as a cunt in this book. And I'm just like, wait, what? (laughs) What did she do that was particularly cunty that could (laughs) be (laughs) Uh, she was she was cunty was she really i don't know she alienated all of other chorus friends
0: and stole like she she got
1: (laughs) she like took advantage of an underground gambling ring and i don't know i think maybe my bar for evil is just a little higher (laughs) (laughs) or my bar for cunt is a little higher i don't know i don't know
0: i would say impersonating me and distancing my relationships with everyone i know would be cunty
1: people you already have a relationship with though these are people she didn't know so she distanced her from strangers no i'm talking about her i'm talking about her friends i don't see it as that big a deal because then cora bails on him anyway to go to the parallel world (laughs) So, oh no, they won't think well of her. Oh, well, she's not going to be around. It doesn't matter. She goes and lives with Tor and is disconnected from... I still think it's cunty. Okay, that's fine.
0: If I had an otherworld twin who forced me to switch places with them and then proceeded to ruin all my relationships with all my friends and everything...
1: For a limited time.
0: I would still consider that a cunty thing to do.
1: I don't know. I guess I'd be like, well, guess I got some work to do.
0: Although to be fair, if uh Evil Erica tried to distance my relationship with you, you'd just be thinking, "Oh, Erica
1: has some problems. I'll just let her be for a while." Yeah, I probably would. I'd be like, "Oh, she's going through something. I'll just I'll just, you know, give her some time to work through that and then, you know, <laughs> poke her later and be like, Hey, are you human now? Are you still going through something? Are you still evil or are you having, you're done with your issues? Yeah. And I'll see if you, if you answer me with like canine fangs or, or not. <laughs> I don't know. Again, maybe I don't know how to human. I like to
0: picture evil Korra with a goatee, like in that Star Trek episode. <laughs> <laughs> all the, all the bad ones have
1: goatees. I did not know that. I will keep that in mind for the next time I see someone with a goatee, I'm like, well, clearly you're evil. We need to keep our distance. <laughs> you're the evil twin.
0: All right. Good to know <laughs> Exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: anyway, back to what I was saying. They're bringing the, their relationship brings balance back to the parallel worlds because Franca's other, like Franca's twin died in a boating accident or something at the age of 17
1: makes me kind of wonder it wasn't an accident considering who franca's dad's supposed to be but i guess they're not supposed to be the same <laughs> person
0: so so she's free to be with knock and then knock should have ended up with cora but one of the coras died and so he's free to end up with franca but then franca is curious
1: about they even tie up the whole fray and finny thing too that's
0: that's what i'm trying to get to <laughs> You keep interrupting me with your, with your problems with me calling Cora evil, Cora.
1: <laughs> Who's the evil one? I am. You have all these issues with me saying evil Cora, and you won't let me get out what I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> oh my God! I can't
1: stop laughing.
0: Let me talk, woman.
1: <laughs> Feel free to talk. I'll be laughing. <laughs> I can't stop. Oh, I can't breathe. (laughs) One of the other loose ends is the fray Finny loose end. (laughs) I
0: can't stop. And if you would remember from the first book, Fantasyland Finny is gay.
1: Oh my God! My ribs
0: hurt. Our world Frey, he's married to a woman who doesn't who can't have children. And so he's donated his sperm. Gay Finny somehow found Frey's sperm. <laughs> <laughs> and has two kids. So it all matches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she also she also got married, so she's happy. She's married to to a woman she loves, and she has two children by Frey, even though Frey doesn't know it. <sighs> Are you okay now?
1: My cheeks hurt, but yeah, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> Valentine's been mysteriously absent ever since she brought Franca back to Knox World. Um, she's been busy with her own shit. Which is just alluded to that she's broken up with her lover, Laurent. Remember Laurent? Yes. Well, you don't need to remember him because we don't know anything about him.
1: It's okay. He doesn't matter.
0: He broke Valentine's heart and now he's gone.
1: He's not a hero. He doesn't matter. That's true.
0: Valentine's the one who tells them about um, Finny and Frey, other Finny and other Frey. Franca brings up the Cersei lawn thing. Like, she's like, I'm ready. Let's get this going. And Valentine's, no, you can work on it if you want. But I have other stuff to do. And doesn't really want to tell her anything. Franca kind of gets it out of her a little bit. What is really going on with her, but not a lot. And she says, okay, well, I'll work on Cersei and and Dax." Which is other lawn. I think we'll call other lawn Dax. Does that sound okay? That sounds good. So she wants to get Cersei and Dax together and Valentine's Yes. Go ahead and do that without me. Franca tries again to get Nock in on it, and Nock is like, No, no, I shall not. We find out that Josette got asked out on a date. Yay! Yes, Josette gets asked out on a date by a man named Glover. And she's super duper excited about it. He's super hot. Totally her type. Nock thinks he seems cool. Franca is very concerned.
1: (laughs) She is. She is overprotective. Big sister concerned. Yes.
0: And she's just like, no, no, no. You may not go out on a date with him. He can come here and meet us and we shall ascertain if he's okay.
1: Yes. She wants to chaperone and know of his family and all yeah. of that stuff.
0: His intentions. Nock talks her down a bit and yes, Josette is allowed to go out on a date <laughs> and she'll just let you know when she's home safe because that's what we do out here.
1: <laughs> I love how Knox's not even a little bit concerned, like, hey she's from another world. Maybe some guidance would actually be helpful for her. We're
0: we're meant to believe that th- that Josette has been spending all this time as Franca and Nock are off knocking boots just has been spending all this time watching tv
1: learning about the world (laughs) and that should teach her plenty so she knows how the world works because tv Well, in some ways she's not wrong (laughs) i don't think i have (laughs) any more laughter in me i think i'm all laughed out (laughs) you're laughed out i think so i tried to laugh there because i was just like this is funny but i i don't have it in me oh well
0: (laughs) um franca and Nock have More wonderful sex and Franca says she wants to get on birth control so that Nock doesn't have to wear a condom because she doesn't want anything between them anymore. And Nock is like, I want to have a baby with you, but I'll wait till you're ready. And Franca's like, okay.
1: I feel like that's a big moment in these stories.
0: Yeah. They kind of, at this point, it's very much like I love you, you love me, let's make a baby. It's a big deal. But it's a big deal in this story because Franca decides she doesn't have a midnight soul. She has a golden soul. Because the gods would never tether someone who's as wonderful as Nock to someone who has a soul that's less than golden.
1: Yes, her worth is established because he's amazing.
0: Totally healthy. Yep. It's very funny um, when Josette gets picked up for her date. I really got into that. <laughs> because <laughs> Frank is like glaring at him the whole time. Like staring at him forbiddingly. <laughs> but as he's walking away, he's like, your sister's kind of protective, huh?
1: <laughs> it. It's, I just wish she had something like... That she could say that would be like, yeah, and she has magic, so be careful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, she does say, well, we've been through a lot together.
1: Which is true.
0: So because Nock won't help Franca uh, with her scheming to get Cersei and Dax together... Uh, Franca enlists the help of Josette, who is totally on board. And they sneak into Dax's office because Dax is a super high up attorney in this world.
1: Isn't he an attorney that helps with abused women? He's
0: super amazing and high powered and, and intimidating, but he does pro bono work uh, with abused women. And he works with this abused women's shelter and donates to them and does pro bono work for them. Franca and Josette take a taxi to Dax's office and sneak in so that Franca can snoop on his schedule.
1: Franca, who barely knows how her phone works, is going to snoop on the computer. This is a good plan. She'll have Josette help her because Josette
0: knows how those things work because she's been watching TV.
1: Yes. <laughs> this plan has zero flaws in it.
0: I have to admit, I really enjoyed this whole scene because <laughs> it was very like 80s comedy movie. Oh, what? You know? Yeah. Like, They sneak into the office and Dax realizes that they're there. And Frank is like, no, I'm here for an appointment. You weren't here when you were supposed to be. And Dax is like, "Um, no, I don't have an appointment. And she's like, yes, you did with me. And it's because I was going to donate a million dollars to the women's shelter that you like, basically, you know. (laughs) And, And that makes him listen, even though he doesn't believe her. And then... She, like, shows him her back and kind of insinuates that that she is, like, she was abused by a lover, essentially. Although, I don't know. I kind of feel like that shelter would help women who were escaping abusive household situations as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's never really discussed. Because even if they wouldn't help directly, they would probably be able to guide her to where she could get help. yeah.
0: Dax at that point has he has a soft spot for abused women. How interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, he has a soft spot for abused women when he when it becomes evident that that's what Franca is and Franca has risen above it and wants to donate money and all these things, he agrees that he will take her out to lunch and you know, so they could start over and discuss this and she goes, no, you'll take me out to dinner. <laughs> 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 and i also want to meet the person in charge of the charity and i also want this and that and the other and dax is like okay sure and he says but i want someone who can back up your claims and frank is like well if you look into me and josette's identities you'll discover they won't go very far but you can call knock he is exactly who he says he is and he'll vouch for us
1: <laughs> which doesn't sound fishy or weird at all but I think she explains that or at least insinuates that the reason their backgrounds don't go very far is because of their abuse abused past. Yes.
0: And then later when she tells Knock this whole thing that happened, he's like, yes, I'll vouch for you. And actually you did me a favor because I'm going to be working with Dax and they, of course, are going to do a background check on me and they were going to in- investigate your background. And now there's a reason for it to be false. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a reason you're not really here. Like your identity isn't real, you know? Yeah. <sighs> But he's very upset about the whole idea of inviting Cersei to this dinner, which is the whole point of the dinner for Franca.
1: Yes, because she's a little matchmaking Franca. <laughs> Franca is willing to spend a million dollars <laughs> to get Cersei and Dex together <laughs> in the same room. It's her money. She can do with it whatever she wants. Yep. Josette starts having
0: plans for her life. She tells Franca she wants to go to beauty school and learn how to do hair because that was her favorite part of her job when she worked with Franca and make money and eventually get her own place and all these things which Franca kind of struggles with this on one hand I think she's proud of Josette but on the other hand she it's hard for her to let go of like this caretaking role
1: Josette saying that she wants to leave I think sparks fears of abandonment because here was someone her basically her first friend You know, the first person to really show her any kind of kindness in any capacity, even if it was tied in with her her maidservant duties. But here she is saying that she wants to go. And so, yeah, I think that's hard for Franca. Plus, it also it would change their relationship even further because then it's it's far less like lady and maidservant then. Because even Josette saying, like, all the things that I do for you because of these modern conveniences, they don't actually take that long. And I think maybe in the back of Franca's mind is just like, well, if she gets so busy doing this other thing, she won't need me anymore or she won't be around. What did you think?
0: I'm happy that Josette has a plan because it seems really kind of screwed up that Franca brought Josette with her. And then just kind of leaves her alone to watch TV and eat microwave meals while she goes and fucks (laughs) not.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) The fact that Josette is the type of person who's like, yes, I want to go on this adventure with you. I am here for your moral support. Meanwhile, I'm also going to make a life for myself. I think that's great. Good for her.
1: Yeah, I agree. I like that she has a plan for her future. I like that she asserts herself in her romantic relationships. I really like Josette.
0: Yeah, she's really cool. And while I can understand, you know, where Frank is coming from, too, you know, that whole transition from protector to peer, I think she really struggles with that. I don't think she's unhappy about it. I think she's just struggling with it.
1: Yeah, no, I get that impression, too. And her having to adjust to this world in the because I think there's a joke that's made when she first gets there is like, oh, no, she would never cut up a tomato. Or she would never prepare food yeah. or she would never do that. But later on in the story, she actually puts out like a meat and cheese and cracker plate or something. So, I mean, it's not her cooking, but it's it's an effort in that direction of self-sufficiency, maybe? Or at least something akin to that? Yeah, it's interesting
0: because she's not, I mean, she is self-sufficient in a way, but she's very much like, I don't want to do that.
1: I'll hire someone to do it for me. Yes, not directly, yeah. She comes from an, the aristocracy. Yeah.
0: And I don't know that, that that means that she can't do it. It just means that she doesn't have to do it. And why should she if she doesn't have to? Exactly. Which I think is fair enough. If you don't want to keep house and you have the means to hire a housekeeper, go forth. Yeah. Good for you. I'm jealous. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hire a personal chef? More power to exactly. you. I don't know. I mean, I can kind of see like... It's a little weird that Nock isn't more bothered by it. He thinks it's cute. <laughs> but you know what? That's fine, too. She found the one man on Earth who's totally okay with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's much better, I think, that he thinks it's cute than he's trying to make her into someone she isn't in that way.
0: Yeah, he accepts her the way she is.
1: Totally. So I actually like that.
0: Yeah, I don't mind it. And then there's actually a couple times where she like she opens his beer and then she goes to try to open her wine and he's like, no, no, I take care of you. Yeah. So he's happy. He's happy in that role. Like, I'm going to cook for you. I'll open your wine for you. It's sweet. Because it's consensual.
1: Yes. He doesn't have the, the history of being considered a king or anything like that. So he's not used to having other people do those things. He doesn't consider those jobs for somebody else.
0: But he understands that she is and he accepts that about yes. her.
1: So what happens next in the story?
0: Oh, God. So then they have the dinner with Dax. Right, the dinner. And Nock this whole time, <laughs> yes, Nock this whole time has been like, this is going to go badly. This is not a good idea. But they all come to dinner and Cersei is late. Uh, Franca had invited Cersei to go and told her it was this fancy dinner, but didn't tell her that Dax would be there because she felt like Cersei wouldn't come otherwise, which is probably true. So let's just ambush her instead. And when Cersei, yes, when Cersei arrives, we have a very Cinderella arrives at the ball moment, I think. Yes, I agree. Where (laughs) Dax gets distracted. He sees her across the room. She's practically glowing. She's gorgeous. No one else exists for him. They lock eyes. She gets kind of out of sorts and trips and falls and Dax is like immediately there helping her up and everything and Cersei touches him and she's like oh you must be mine or something like that and then she's just mortified and peels out (laughs) Dax because he's a modern man from our world does not creepily follow her and grab her (laughs) and put her on a horse and take her away but he is very very worried about her (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: Franca rushes after her, and Knock rushes after her.
0: Yeah, and then Knock goes and to to kind of like keep Dax away. Cersei has some choice words for Franca. She's very upset with both Nock and Franca. And Franca says, well, isn't Nock's fault? I made him do it. He tried to talk me out of it. And she looks at Franca and says, of course he did. He's not that kind of man. But you're just that kind of woman, aren't you? Oops. (laughs) Awkward. Nock tries to convince Cersei to let him drive her home. And she's like, nope. I'm going to drive myself home. I don't want anything to do with you. Dax is pissed because... Cersei is obviously no position to drive herself home but everyone let her drive home
1: oh my gosh she's emotional and she's a woman and she's in a car oh no she's gonna kill herself but I do like that she actually gets in that car and drives the fuck home oh look she arrived alive it's a fucking
0: miracle yeah then they go talk to Dax knock kind of explains it like Cersei's a friend of ours, Franny thought you were cool, she thought you'd be cool with Cersei, and she tried to like turn it into a little bit of a setup. And we'll try to sort it out. It's
1: very, I love Lucy. Yeah.
0: And then just before Franca leaves the room, um, she tells Dax, she's the most delicate thing you'll ever hold in your hands. You'll win her, she'll reward you for the effort, but mark my words, if you ever hurt her, I'll fucking annihilate you. (laughs) So even though Cersei was super duper mean to Franca, Franca is like, yeah, I earned it.
1: <laughs> yeah, she doesn't break.
0: Yeah, I don't think she took it personally, even though it hurt her. I think she felt like it was deserved. She is
1: made of sterner stuff and she appreciates her role in this situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah then they get valentine involved frank is like yep this is out of my pay grade we need the big guns
1: well and she probably also felt like she's doing the work of the good guys you know the heroes and it didn't go well and so she's probably panicked a little
0: yeah
1: she's definitely
0: panicked because she's worried about cersei you know she's worried she made things worse for cersei instead of better and valentine told her that this needed to happen
1: yeah so she's worried that she screwed everything up and she goes to see valentine's help yeah
0: valentine agrees to help and she says she'll handle dax so she's gonna fix it so dax stays out of it until it's time for him to entre (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: so valentine will magically intervene i do like that franca was worried about cersei because she does seem to have a great amount of compassion for her and I think I think Franca yeah. honestly thought like once she gets them together, it's just gonna fix things or make things better because that's what the heroes do, right? They fix and make things better.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think Franca thought she was she was putting the universe in order.
1: I see. I think it's after they talk with Franca that Nock goes and goes to seek Cersei and try to explain and yes. mend fences.
0: Yes, it becomes Knox's job to mend fences with Cersei.
1: Yeah, no, I was thinking, I think this is the moment that I was like yelling at the audiobook. Why? Because isn't this or somewhere around this moment, oh my gosh, is it Franca who says it or Valentine? But basically like takes a look at how pretty uh, Cersei is and says something like, I can see why Lon wanted to claim her or something like that. And we all know that claim is just a euphemism for rape. I think it was something like that that happened in that moment. I was so pissed. Yeah, I don't remember
0: who it was. But yeah, I remember that. Ew.
1: I just felt like, oh my gosh, that's disgusting. (laughs) The sentiment expressed in that statement was just awful. She's so pretty. She was asking for it. Just by being pretty. (laughs) She gets the high compliment of being raped because she's so pretty. She causes men to lose control. Because men aren't
0: responsible for their own control.
1: Yeah, I I felt I was full on yelling at the audio book.
0: <laughs> I've said this before, but I just hate the idea that men have no control. Like, that is not true. It is a horrible, horrible thing that needs to just be put to bed. Like, yes, everyone has self-control. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's easy to not rape. You just don't. <laughs> It's not doing an action. It's easy.
1: (laughs) I only have really sarcastic things to say, and I don't think any of them are very helpful.
0: It's one of of those things where it's like, it it gives them a pass. It's giving someone a pass for doing something horrible to someone else.
1: And it's just not right. I 100% agree.
0: Everyone is able to not rape.
1: (laughs) One can hope.
0: (laughs) No, it's true. Everyone is able to not rape.
1: I'm going to start laughing uncontrollably if we eat this up and I don't know why because it's it's not that the subject matter is funny I don't know (laughs) maybe it's just because I'm so uncomfortable I feel the need to laugh I don't know
0: (laughs) I guess but there's no excuse there's no excuse for raping there isn't so Nock and Cersei have a conversation Nock kind of explains what Franca's mentality was and apologizes for Franca and says that he just he wasn't happy with the idea. He just kind of went along with it to hopefully protect everybody. Cersei says something that's very, very telling because Nock asks her if she's happy, if she's really happy. And she says, I'm far more content than I've ever been. I'm my own woman. I say where I go. And what I do and who I'm with. I have friends. I love the city. I have my power back. And it's all mine. And he responds, content isn't happy. And she says, it's better than anything I've ever had. And yet he still talks her into pushing past content into finding a man.
1: Yep. (laughs) Because she can't really be happy unless she has a man. (laughs) But that's how this world works. You know what I mean? Like... None of the female characters are allowed to be happy until they have men. You need that magical dick to make your life yes. complete. The penile Swiss army knife is going to fix all of your problems. Let it. Let it.
0: Cersei agrees that she'll meet with Dax again. She agrees that she'll talk to Franca. She's open to talking with Franca. Nock says, your decision, your life, I stand by whatever you decide. But he thinks she should agree to this dinner date that he's going to set up at his house with him and franca and dax and cersei
1: yeah because he saw how instantly they fell in love with one another therefore well i mean he is the hero so he can see these things he knows and what he knows is true that's just how this world (laughs) works apparently both these worlds so you know it's true because he tells you it's true and you're just supposed to accept it
0: yep She agrees to go to this dinner double date thing.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to make steaks or something. I forget. It's supposed to be some sort of barbecue thing at their house or Knox's house or whatever.
0: Franca and Cersei have a conversation. Um, Franca takes Cersei shopping, I believe. Cersei tells Franca that there's darkness in Knox's soul. Because during this conversation that Nock had with Cersei, they address like the whole one night stand that they Mm -hmm. had. And Nock says to her, I wasn't that guy for you, but Dax is. Dax could be that guy for you. You should let him try. Cersei's like, why wouldn't you be that guy? You're that guy for Franca. And Nock is like, no, Franca's that woman for me. I'm not that guy for Franca. (laughs) You know, like he's like, No, I'm lucky to have Franca. Yeah. Like he won't he do, he doesn't think that Franka's lucky to have him. Cersei recognizes this and mentions it to Franca and Franca's like, Oh, that's what that is. Like she realizes it too now. She realizes that Nock thinks
1: he has a midnight soul. Dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> we dun dun at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fast forward to the dinner date. Dax is paying all the attention to Nock and basically ignoring Cersei. And it's freaking Franka out because she's like, I want them to get together, damn it. So she makes the excuse for Nock and her to go to the kitchen so they can discuss it. And Nock is like, he was waiting for us to leave before he made a move. And so then they sneak, well, Franca sneaks and Nock follows her into the bathroom where they can peer out the bathroom window at the back patio <laughs> and observe <laughs> like the creepers they are. (laughs) And then Franca just starts like going over, yeah, this happened and this happened. It was all me. And Nock is like, yes, I understand because I was there. Yes, I understand because I was there. (laughs) And he's like, you're determined to be giving this a blow by blow. And she says, the only thing better than a successfully executed plot is commending yourself at length on your genius at successfully executing a plot. (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's very cute
0: (laughs) then Cersei and Dax uh make plans to have a date the following day so things progress very nicely for them and you get the impression that yay they're in love yay love a little bit of time passes like a couple days or whatever and Nock gets a phone call that is very upsetting to him and it's his dad who is reminding him that he needs to I guess essentially pay homage to the anniversary of Judy's death, which was his stepmother. Kind of yeah. like, I guess every year they all get together and they visit her grave and they have like a day that's about her, but knock doesn't live in the, in the same town anymore. And so he said he was going to do his own thing for it. And his dad was basically calling to make sure he was,
1: I guess. I mean, I mean, when it's explained like this, it sounds very casual, but I think that doesn't properly express how absolutely livid knock is.
0: Yeah. Knock is very, very upset by this because he thinks that the way they're, remembering her she wouldn't like
1: yes because apparently she didn't want to be buried yeah she wanted to be cremated she wasn't she didn't want to be buried and she wouldn't like this and he's he's got a lot of feelings about it and he's very grumpy and i think He doesn't and he doesn't want to talk about it. Like Franca kind of tries to be like, you know, hey, what's going on? You're looking a little angry there. Because, of course, she knows all about anger and being at the receiving end of that. And so I think it makes her feel a little uncomfortable. And he doesn't want to talk about it. He just wants to brood. His is a brooding mood. He leaves to go to work and because she's she's poked him enough about this to where he's just shut down. So he just goes and leaves for work. You know, no morning sex for them. I don't even think they have sex when he gets home. Like he's he's shut down from her. Yeah, no nighttime sex, no morning sex. He's completely shut himself off from her. And so she doesn't know what else to do, especially when he says, you know, don't ever talk to my family or my father. Like, don't push me on this. Just stay out of it. It's none of your business. The other thing is they even have the conversation that kind of calls back
0: to earlier where he says everything of yours is mine and everything of mine is yours and she says i'm here for you when you're ready to talk about it like you always are for me and he's like nope 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 i'm not giving you this pain like he's willing to take on all her pain and he makes it sound like he's going to give her him but when it's his turn to give her his pain he doesn't he doesn't and she's not sure what to do with it
1: he kind of goes, you know, a bit on the offense to, I think, make her leave him alone. Yeah, he pulls back from her. But not not in like a, a physical way or anything. He doesn't actually I mean, he gets very upset. He throws, um, I think at this point is when he throws the the glass he's been drinking out of and it shatters and she's very afraid. I think she understands that the anger isn't directed at her. I think so. I'm not sure. Um, But she's, of course, very worked up over it because of her past.
0: Yeah. And she feels like kind of at a loss because she realizes like this, I need to step in and help him. He's helped me. I want to help him, but he won't let me. I don't know how to be this nurturing person. Whereas Nock is a very nurturing Mm -hmm. person. Normally, Normally. yeah. And Frank is thinking to herself, I need to be that for him for this. But she's not sure what to do about it. So Nock has pulled back from her like he doesn't want to talk to her like he left in the morning without waking her up. He did leave her a note, but it wasn't like their normal schedule. Like you said, they didn't have morning sex like they normally do or anything like that. She goes to her magic room um, and she's sitting by her crystal ball that Valentine had given her. And she's just thinking all these upset thoughts. And then she sees uh, a 10 digit number appear in the crystal ball. And at first she thinks, oh, it's my phone. But then she realizes, no, it's not. And then she realizes it's a phone number. And so she calls it. And it's Knox's dad. Yes. And she has a conversation with Knox's dad. Because Knox's dad is aware of Franca. Nock has talked about her and everything. And he's very nice to her, but also bossy, I guess. Um, he tells her, oh, it's the anniversary of, of Judy's death you know, it gets us all kind of worked up and kind of just explains everything to her. And then he's all but I'll handle it. You don't need to worry about it. And franka keeps trying to stop him and go, No, 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 don't, don't handle it, please.
1: Don't handle it. You know, but he's not letting her get anything out. Yeah, She's worried about consequences. <laughs> yeah, she's like, No, it's don't tell yeah. him, please don't. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Yeah, she's like, freaking out cuz she's like no he doesn't want you to handle
0: it he doesn't want anyone to handle it i think she made the call on a spur of the moment and then realized it was a really crappy idea like once she realized she yeah, was on when the other yeah once she line. realizes
1: that she she realizes she <laughs> waited too long to hang up uh-oh so she talks to lud and she also talks to sue i believe that's her name so that's his current wife yeah well lover anyway he refuses to get married again right Yes, and so they they all talk to Franca and you get the impression from the conversation that they really like her. So it seems like it will be a happy, happy family situation as long as Nock just doesn't find out because then he'll be upset. And she doesn't want him upset because she is scared of what that might be.
0: Well, I think she's she's scared of what it might be, but she's also scared because she doesn't know what to do with it. Like, she's not sure how to help. She wants to help. She wants to be there for him, and she's not sure how. And he's not giving her any hints or clues.
1: No, because he doesn't want it dealt
0: with at all. Mm -hmm. So later that day, Nock is supposed to pick her up from Valentine's, but he doesn't. And he doesn't answer any of her calls and he doesn't answer her text that she sent him saying, hey, I I had a conversation with someone. I need to talk to you about it. Oops, I
1: called your dad kind of thing. Yeah, because she's trying to own up to it and talk about it. Yeah. So she ends up, I think, calling a taxi. No, she ends up driving. No, she
0: ends up stealing Valentine's car. <laughs> she ends up yeah. taking Valentine's no, car and driving over to his house and he's locked her out. And instead of knocking on the door or whatever, she just magics her way in, <laughs> which is great. Love it. And he's a total asshole to her. Like, he's just so yep. mad. Um, like,
1: why the F did you call my dad? Why the F did you drive when you're upset? Yeah. How dare you drive when you're upset? You're a woman. <laughs> what the hell?
0: Instead, What's you talk to you? my dad and Sue and let them know my problems and blah, dee, blah, dee, blah. And Franca says, I want everything from you. And he goes, no, you don't. She's like, let it go. I see your pain. You know, so she's she's trying. She's trying to get it out of him. Like, whatever it is that's bothering him. And he's just, he'd rather be an asshole to her than say it. She says, like, you made me see I have a golden soul, but I have to allow you to live in midnight. And then he says... He, this, is, this is when he throws the glass across the kitchen. Ah, and he says, that's it is. They took me from her dead body. She was dead before I took my first fucking breath. I was born in midnight and it was the middle of the fucking day. I made it into the world. Do you think you can take that from me? She never held me. And so he's carrying, like, guilt from her, his mom dying in childbirth. And then he's carrying guilt from not being able to save... His stepmom from cancer. Franca points out that this is guilt. She says, You're holding guilt for things out of your control. And he goes, No shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I became a cop, because I wanted to save people, because I couldn't save my mom and I couldn't save my stepmom. And then she stares at him and says, So you hold on to your midnight soul and refuse to let it go. And he says, It's got a hold of me and there's no way to escape it. And she says, Good. Midnight is beautiful. And said it's, it's most beautiful in you. And she says, the gods do so love me to give me a man who would allow his soul to be taken over by the darkness of night. For he is a man who loves so deeply. He lost those who had his love, was cast into the shadows, and he refuses to crawl to the light. I wasn't exactly sure what to do with this whole scene. How did you interpret this scene?
1: I think this is Franka's attempt to validate him and his feelings i think franca was probably attempting to soothe make him feel better and so rather than disagree with him she just embraced that whatever he thinks of himself is correct you know which is different than how he treated her in the beginning which is when she was saying that she has a midnight soul and he's like no And she's like okay you know but he's he's the hero so everything he says is right so if he says he has a midnight soul then yep he does and so I think she correctly assumes that just agreeing with him will make him feel better. And I guess it does. They sort of, through the course of this this story, deal with that notion of hero. And what is a hero? And do heroes exist? And maybe that's sort of being addressed in this scene? Maybe? I, I'm not sure. What do you think?
0: I like that word that you used, validation. I think that that's probably what it was. She's like, yes, and you're beautiful anyway. Or you're beautiful because of it.
1: Yeah she's not really trying to fix him, I don't think. It kind of relates to her wanting to keep her scars. Yeah, definitely. Those scars
0: are a badge of what she survived. Maybe his midnight soul is that for him. That's his scar.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's absolutely right. They make up. He lets her in,
0: finally. Um, They go somewhere beautiful at midnight to remember his stepmom. He kind of is a little bit more at peace than he was before not perfect but better then we have the long ass epilogue right or like i like to call it the 50 endings
1: the epilogue that just won't end
0: so there's a few <laughs> things that happen in this epilogue one is
1: they elope
0: in fantasy land
1: two <laughs> which is just such a funny thing to say yep
0: they go to Corwalk and witness uh one of cersei's slaves get married to someone else's slave and then they're both freed and then lon frees all the slaves
1: yay
0: because golden queen cersei talked him into it
1: yes (laughs) rosanna dana is very persuasive yes
0: why didn't this happen in cersei's book (laughs)
1: Why didn't they put in the whole, you know, adventure when Cersei gets her powers back uh, into the book that was about Cersei? I don't know. I didn't organize things.
0: Let's see. Franca makes friends with Maddy, um, apologizes for how she treated Maddie,
1: and that's kind of all handled. Which, that's an important moment, I think.
0: Turns out that uh, Jessette broke up with Glover because he wasn't her knock or her land or her... Frey,
1: <laughs> yeah
0: which whatever
1: you know i just like that she was able to be like you know what i'm not that into him and end it and it's fine because thankfully her love life is not in the hands of destiny so she gets an actual choice right
0: and then <laughs> dax and cersei get married in Fantasyland, land and it's a very interesting wedding because there's a bunch of doubles there there's knock and Tor yeah. and dax and Lan and two Circes and there's there's a lot of duplicates
1: it's so strange too because sometimes the duplicate issue is a problem in the story and sometimes it isn't and I guess this is one of the times when it clearly isn't So I I don't know. You just go with it.
0: Yeah. So Cersei and Dax get married and it's wonderful. And then we fast forward probably at least eight years, but maybe longer. Franca is talking to her daughter, Amara, who's six years old and is the middle of five children.
1: It's a lot of kids. Yes, because Amara is the name of Nox bio mom.
0: Yes, and Nock overhears Franca telling Amara that Nock is her hero. And Amara says, he's mine too, which was very cute. It ends with her telling Nock that he's her hero. And while he doesn't necessarily believe it, he accepts that she believes it at this point. The end.
1: Oh, she's allowed to keep something she believes in. Yay. And then
0: after the story says the end, (laughs) it says, this concludes the Fantasyland series. Thank you for reading.
1: (laughs) Woohoo! Woohoo, we did it! We know we got to the end
0: because it told us it was the end. So, are you happy for their happy, Em?
1: <laughs> I'm happy that Franka thinks she's happy. <laughs> I am happy that Knock actually wasn't an abusive butthole. That was a nice change of pace from the last couple of books. <laughs> And they're happy together, so that's good. Yeah. I'm happy that I'm done with the series. I, I will say this, that I am happy that for whatever reason, when I started reading this series, like however many weeks ago, it did remind me of, <sighs> prepare for the flashback, of a song by William Shatner and Pulp, I think that's right, um, called Common People.
0: Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> so I've been enjoying listening to that. That makes me happy. Listening to that song a lot. I love that version of that song. I think that song made me happier than the book did. But whatever. Happiness is happiness. Just embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Are you happy for their happy?
0: I think out of all the other couples, this was the healthiest relationship. Oh, and totally. the most consensual relationship. And yes. I think that... I was happy for their happy. I really like Franca. she's such a cool character, and Nock, yeah. I think was a good guy and he was good for her. I agree so so yeah i'm I'm happy they're together. I'm happy they ended up together
1: yay, yay, happiness shall we rate them? <laughs> Let us rate them bring on the rating. How do you rate Franca? I put that I do consider her awesome. I also pity her, and that's a weird combination in my head mm. to to both feel so exceedingly bad for her but i think of the heroines in these stories i think she kind of seems the least i oh don't know maybe not the least maybe she's the most herself by the end maybe it's not that she's the least but she's actually the most like the other characters i think because of you know the way their relationships went you don't get the impression that you really have who they are they're sort of who their significant others molded them into being and with her there's a little bit of that but she kind of seems the most for lack of a better word intact what about you how did you rate franca
0: i put that she was awesome I love her and her snarkiness.
1: (laughs) Yes, very enjoyable.
0: I really enjoyed uh, watching her get to know herself. And that's kind of how I interpreted the changes she underwent. While Mm Nock kind of helped it along or, or even molded her in some ways. I think really she was always that person and she was just struggling to accept that she was that person now that she had the freedom to do so. Yeah. I really liked it. It was very much a getting to know you story for Franca.
1: Yeah, I liked that a lot.
0: What do you think about Nock?
1: I put awesome, or as close to awesome as the Fantasyland series allows a hero to get. (laughs) You know, I...
0: He didn't do it for you?
1: Uh, I I mean, I don't know, maybe... (laughs) Maybe I'm harsh on everyone. <laughs> I don't know. I think the I think my problems with the character stem from the story itself. So it's not so much yeah. Nock as it is the story. You know, like those instances where, well, however Nock perceives her, that's how she is. Not because of any other reason than because Hero. And the way these worlds are constructed, he's always right. So it's not so much him as it's a problem with... Both Fantasyland and it's twin world, ours. (laughs) What about you? How did you rate Knock?
0: (laughs) I put him too good to be true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He really reminds me. um, Remember the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes. He really reminds me of the hero in that movie where she has all these problems and he's just like, I'll deal with it. I'll roll with it. Sure, I'll convert to your religion. Sure, I'll deal with your family. Sure, I'll whatever. Yeah. And he he just lives lives to make her life easier. And it kind of feels that way with Knock a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, he's so bendy. You wonder If he's got a spine, if he's real.
0: He does, but he's not real. He's not realistic to me at all.
1: No, I don't think he
0: is. I feel like the author went too far in the other direction. Like she's like, okay, so I'm going to make a man from our world. So he's going to be modern. He's going to worry about things like consent and supporting his woman in a way that validates her feelings and all these things, which is all good, you know, good. Yeah. But she just kind of went way too far in the other direction and he became like, I shall fix you and you shall be fixed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and also that weird thing where by the time you get to his Midnight Soul issues, it sort of it seemed really sudden to me because I think because yeah. from the start of the story, he's, you know, I mean, yes, of course, he's fictional, but he's like perfectly fictional in an extreme sense.
0: Yeah, no, he definitely is. He's too good to be true.
1: And so by the time he has an issue, it's this big issue about something that I don't know. Maybe I'm heartless monster and that's fine. But it doesn't seem like it's that big of an issue. Like not that he doesn't, not the guilt thing, but I think it's it's the straw. That he's supposed to do something to commemorate Judy. It's like the kid that's supposed to have his finger in the dam. And it's like, it's just that one thing. But he takes that finger out and the dam breaks. Maybe that's him with all of his emotional stuff you don't really know because you never really get a sense of that he even has them and then all of a sudden he does and it's a big deal yeah it feels like the story
0: would have been better served to have this a little bit more prominently shown throughout the book i think that it's alluded to a couple times like darkness in his eyes and that kind of thing oh i didn't even catch that (laughs) i wasn't even maybe i wasn't paying that much of attention it's very small and i think that having it just shoved at us right at the end made it by necessity be really really fast and swiftly dealt with and probably to the detriment of the story totally so let's talk about cersei and dax what did you think about their involvement in this book
1: (laughs) i really liked cersei yes me too I feel like the most positive thing I can say about Dax is that I didn't dislike him. But that's also <laughs> cuz he's not in the story that much. And I want to like him, you know. It's yeah. it's not that I want to dislike him. It's just he's so little in the story that it's sort of like, who are you? I know you're supposed to not be this guy but that doesn't necessarily mean who you are um Cersei we get a better of sense of her because she's kind of been lingering around in some capacity since book one yeah so you know I love what she has to say about her autonomy and the way she lives her life her getting back her sense of self I think that's wonderful I sort of feel like either they need to have more of Cersei and Dax or just take it out. Which is how I felt about a lot of things in this story actually. They either need to develop this more or remove it. There's a lot of things that are just these little snippets of stuff. You know if this story was supposed to be so much about romance. Cersei coming into her own as a character and wielding magic for the purpose of quote-unquote good aka characters falling in love with each other then the story should have been formatted a different way.
0: I don't disagree.
1: What, what do you think? What do you think about Cersei, Dax, their their roles in the story and all of that?
0: I feel like the author wanted to have two books in one but mm. she didn't pay enough attention to one of the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe. I don't know. I... At first, I was okay with the idea, okay, Frank going to have like this project where she's going to get Cersei and Dax together. But then the author spent all this time like broadening Cersei's character and letting us get to know her better and all this stuff. And then she made Dax really interesting to me. I wanted to know more about him. I really liked that whole Cinderella moment at the dinner and... Yeah. And all of that. Me too. I really liked that scene with Dax and Franka in his office. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like... That was great. (laughs) I feel like it was just rushed. It was just rushed. And not only that, but we don't get, like, the full story. We just get, like, what Franca sees as she's peeping through the bathroom window, so to speak. You know? We don't get, like, that story. I don't know, I halfway expected the author at the end of this book to be like, so Cersei and Dax's book is coming next, and then we'll get Valentine's book, and then we'll get this person's book, and we'll get Josette's book, And but she's not. She just is like, okay, everyone's story is over now. All these ends are tied up now. Yeah. Dax and Cersei are happy. Everything is the way it's meant to be. And it wasn't very satisfying.
1: No, it wasn't.
0: Because both of those characters were very interesting. I would, I would like to read more about those characters.
1: Yeah, I... I am right. Th- I'm nodding right alongside you. Yeah, but not in a creepy way.
0: Yeah, and I really liked the weird parallels between like Dax and and Lon because Lon belongs to this culture that's just so abusive and horrible toward women, and then Dax works to help abused women. Yeah, <laughs> so it was just kind of interesting, an interesting little little thing there. And then I wondered at the whole freeing of the slaves too, like did the author put that in there due to like backlash from people or did she always intend
1: to free the slaves
0: and do it in like this half-assed way
1: yeah i have no idea and i wondered if it was thrown in too because she was just like well this series is ending let's just tie all this up We might as well free the slaves yeah <laughs> it's it's so weird i don't yeah this whole book was a problem. I feel like the author's limiting
0: herself by writing in the in the romance genre, honestly, because if this were a fantasy novel, we could have a lot more about all those things. But because it's a romance novel, you're focusing on the relationship between the two main characters and all these things that happen happen around them or through them, which in a lot of ways I enjoy. But in this series, it seems to be a problem because there's so many things that could happen or could be more fleshed out or could have real consequences and they just don't because we're stuck in relationship world
1: i feel like even you could explore those it's just how she chooses to construct them this particular book is so separate from the other four so it's almost as much as i love Franka and i love knock i kind of feel like you don't need this book as part of the series she either needed to keep them in fantasy world or fantasy land Or get them to the modern world faster, because so much happens in this book that just it happened once and then we're done with it. Like the abuse of parents, I was kind of wondering: are they somehow? Do they have allies at all? Will they be able to get to our world and wreak havoc for Franca? I think this book has a huge identity crisis. (laughs) It doesn't know what it wants to be. It's it's fantasy, but beyond that, it it doesn't understand itself. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. It seems almost like a footnote
0: to the rest of the series. Which is unfortunate. Because at the end of the fourth book, the world is saved and it's all over. And this is like... Okay, but Franca needs somebody
1: now. Yeah, I think her thing with whole balancing (laughs) out the world is just means ties up loose ends. Yeah. You know, and answers questions about other Frey and other Finny and I don't know, whoever else was in those books. Other Lon and other Cersei. Other Franca, oh, she died. And it's done in such a way that I didn't need those things tied up for me. Like, I mean, it's fine that they're there, but I would much rather have a cohesive story that knew itself as much as i love the fact that knock wasn't an abusive butthole in taking that away from that character it, the story didn't have any conflict franka's conflicts within herself only take the story so far you know it, it's fine to have all this internal angst and conflict and stuff but there kind of has to be like an external one and so i think we're just She just had her list, and she's just going through to tie up loose ends and checkmark external conflicts, which is why they're all so rushed.
0: That leads into my, my next question is, do you feel like there is an antagonist or villain in this story? Because I kind of struggled when I got to that part of our checklist. Like, is there one?
1: I think there was sort of at the beginning, and I'm not like... And it was Franca's war with herself, right? And her own self-image and, and all of that. So there's that one. I think that's the closest thing you get to any sort of antagonist. Yeah,
0: I mean, because we have people who are definitely evil, like her parents. Yeah. But they're not there to progress the story. They're there to show Franka's past.
1: Exactly. And so... I guess it could be argued that her war within herself could be tied to that but it doesn't it doesn't take up much of the story honestly when we get to the point where they actually come to the modern world or the more modern of the worlds or whatever the twin world whatever we want to call it (laughs) I actually put the book down for a while i was like wow the story just got uninteresting there's nothing to create tension Franca's feeling more self-assured and cared for and everything and that's great i'm not saying that she should have been treated horribly but there's no tension in the story beyond that point not for a long time
0: it's very much oh they went and did this and they talked to these people and this happened yeah they had sex yeah then they did this
1: other thing And Franca learned to drive and so did Josette. The tension didn't come back into the story until Cersei came up. Franca going, wait, did you really care about Cersei? I want to set her up with Dax. And Nock being resistant to it. So there's this huge stretch of story where there's no tension. And I was bored. (laughs) I (laughs) put the story down and I probably, if we weren't doing the podcast, I probably wouldn't have picked it up for a while. I would have eventually finished it because complete the series, but I would have waited.
0: Yeah, I got to a point in the story where I felt similarly, where I was just like, okay, let's move on. Okay, moving on. Okay, okay. <laughs> What's going to happen now? What's next?
1: That, that's where. It, that's when I started thinking, like, okay, so is Valentina villain? Are the parents going to come back? What's going to happen? yes. And I think too
0: that, that I agree with you that there's really not much of an antagonist. I mean, there's no reason for Nock and Franca to not be together.
1: Nope, they are together. Happily so. Until Franca wants to set Cersei and Dax up, or until Franca probes a little too much into why Nock is being so closed off with her emotionally. If that had been brought up earlier,
0: then maybe that would have helped the story a bit. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it should have been brought up earlier. I think that's why we have 50 million endings in the epilogue. A, because Ashley needed to tie things up or felt like she had to. Or, and, or. B, because there really isn't an end to their story. You know, there wasn't anything keeping them all that apart to then, oh my gosh, they've come back together Aren't we so happy about it? It's like, well, they weren't really ever all that apart. Yay, I guess we find out that they have five kids sometime in the future. But that's not really relieving. That's just facts. So how would you rate the book from one to five? It's so hard. It's so hard to give it this rating. Because I've really liked Franca. i really liked that Nock wasn't a butthole with all the abuse and whatnot. So the, the book rating that I give it is for not just, it's not just those characters, but the story as a whole and how engaged I was and how much I enjoyed it. And so I gave it a 2.5. Okay. Because I was easily able to put it down. There were periods where I was super bored, which again, no conflict. What about you? What did you give it? <laughs> So I kind
0: of waffled a bit between like a 3.5 and a 4.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and the reason I waffled down to a 3.5 is because it did drag. It kind of felt like at the end the author forced in this whole Cersei and Dax plotline, hinted at Valentine's love life, but didn't really give us any payoff. Same with Josette. There were things that she could have gone into further with her, did not do. And it really reminded me um, toward the end of the end of the Lord of the Rings movie trilogy, <laughs> where it's like the it fades out and there's hobbits crying and then it fades in and then there's hobbits crying and it fades out <laughs> and then it fades in again and there's a different ending and then hobbits cry and it fades out. And it's just like... <laughs> you get an ending and you get an ending and i was just like i am over this like i don't need everyone to have an ending like i'm okay i'm okay with where it ended without you know the last 50 pages or so (laughs) um i feel like there's a lot of points where the author is like dropping in like these little things which i felt like could be part of a future book but then we know there is no future book
1: so why are they there? Maybe she intended to do a future book and then didn't feel it or something. I don't know. I don't know. Because at the end of this book, she asserts
0: this is the last book. So I was <laughs> like, okay, well, it's the last book. Why did you put this shit in here then? I think the reason I rated it higher than you is because I really enjoyed that beginning part with like learning more about Franca. Yeah. And her process, like her journey. I really, really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed being in Franca's head. She was so fun to read. Like she was just very interesting and funny and very different from the other heroines I've read from this author. And I really appreciated that. I really liked the the other difference in this book where you get a story in the, you know, the real world or whatever versus the fantasy world. And you get a different perspective where, The woman is from the fantasy world and the man is from our world, which is different from the other books. So that was kind of fun, too. It was just interesting to see uh, how the women from that world think and how Ashley has the men from our world think.
1: Yeah, I liked saying that. That was interesting.
0: Additional insight there.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed a lot the first part of the book. There were things I didn't like, but as far as an enjoyment level for me... There was a distinct drop off in enjoyment when Nock and Franca separated and there were the letters and then all of a sudden they get back together and it's it's like they've been missing each other for millennia and I'm just like okay going down to Pamtown I th- I think part of the problem is I I for some reason didn't believe so much in the couple chemistry so it was sort of like and you that's the that's the tricky thing with the romances is you know they're gonna get together so it's just sort of like okay this is obligatory
0: (laughs) yeah I think I think there's a part where the author has to make you believe that they belong together for it to pay off
1: yeah I agree with you that this couple is the healthiest of the couples in the series. It's disheartening to say that I still wasn't invested. I don't feel like I believed any of them were all that happy when they said they were happy. And all of those things. (laughs) I'm just like, no, I don't buy it. It wasn't because of Tilly Hooper, who has narrated these books thus far, the series. Because I feel like this last book, Midnight Soul, she was amazing in it. Like she really performed the characters and her range as far as voices, the conveyance of emotion and all of that was just absolutely phenomenal. It was really her best work. I feel terrible saying that, yeah, I just don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, thank you. No, thank you. Which I... Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, I feel terrible saying that because the whole time I'm just going, (laughs) wow, Tilly Hooper is amazing. Yeah, there needs to be conflict. Like, that's not Tilly Hooper's fault. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, whatever other issues that I had with the series, I'm like, yeah, I'm bored. But that's not her fault because <laughs> the story is the problem. Is it safe to say you did not feel romanced? Not really. More so in the, f- in the beginning part of the book I did. But by the end, no, Mm -hmm. because in the beginning, when they're building their friendship and all of that, I'm like, okay, I believe this couple like maybe these two crazy kids have a shot. I don't exactly know when it happened. Maybe it is when they separated and then the letters and, and all of that. Maybe that's when it happened. I'm not really sure. At some point in that beginning third of the book, the quote unquote romance ball is dropped and I just I disconnected What about you? Did you feel (laughs) romanced? You noped out. (laughs) No, I
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that the first part of the book, I was all in. I was ready. I've been primed for this book since we started. I was waiting for it. I was
1: excited, right? Frank and Nock. And then... Yeah, I was excited.
0: And it didn't drop off as soon for me. I, I liked the whole part with the letters. I liked how you know, Valentine makes Franca appear right there and they like start making out and it's like an electric and it's just, it's hot and it's awesome. And it was great, you know? And then I felt like, okay, the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically.
0: <laughs> they got together and they're happy now.
1: Yeah. That's, that's when their story feels like it. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure exactly when it dropped off for me. It was before they were parted, but at some point it happened and I just... So, yeah, when they're reunited, I'm like, eh. (laughs) I was into it. I was was all
0: in up until, I don't know, where they just felt settled. And at that point, there was a long pause before we really brought in the Cersei-Dax thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They almost should have went to the other world sooner and started that sooner. And then if there were, have things peppered in with Nox emotional distresses when would when should that have started it should have started from the beginning <laughs> yeah because there's there's Antoine's death <laughs> so there could have been more hints right then like death maybe yeah. maybe somebody wants to make a memorial for him that hits a little close to home for knock or something like that yeah so as much as I love the beginning it should have been different to make the end make more sense or feel more like a validation and a satisfying experience rather than, okay, it's done. Oh, wait, no, it's not because the epilogue just won't end. Okay. <laughs> oh, they have kids now and they're happy. All right, now, now we're done. Oh, wait, we know it's done because she said the end. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I was really. I have to, I have okay. to tell you. Do tell. That
0: I read a digital copy and said that bottom of the page it tells you like what page you're on of how many is left uh-huh. or whatever and i got to the epilogue and there were still like 30 plus pages <laughs> left and i'm like going what the heck is going on so at the end there's like a excerpt from another book or something and that's why there were so many pages left but i was like holy crap are we gonna have 30 more pages of endings like this is gonna end and then this is gonna end and... <laughs> <laughs> and usually when that happens in a book and there's like a long author's note or an excerpt or something at the end of the book I feel cheated you know because I'm like author you cut out the story there should be more story here not excerpt you know I don't care about you your... don't
1: feel cheated with this one do you
0: <laughs> with this one I felt relieved
1: I'm all oh good it's over That's now. not good <laughs> <laughs> that's not the feeling you want <laughs> so what else are you reading i don't think this will surprise you but i'm rereading grave surprise by charlene harris i'd need some more harper Connolly therapy apparently <laughs> <laughs> well good i'm glad it's still good it then. is oh my gosh it's been So nice to revisit this, her character in particular. So Harper Connolly, who finds dead people for a living, is invited to Memphis to have her her gifts, if you will, her lightning bestowed gifts tested. And so she goes to this, would it be graveyard or cemetery? Uh, I can't remember the terminology. And she basically says, you know, who's in the grave and how they passed. The anthropologist who invited her has a list of how everyone in that graveyard passed away. And he is able to corroborate all of this. Well, on the last grave that she visits, there is a body that isn't supposed to be there. It's only supposed to have one set of remains, but there's two. And of course, that will kick off the mystery and adventure for the rest of the story. I love Harper Connelly. I love her so much. (laughs) I think she's amazing. So what are you reading? So I'm getting
0: ready to read the second book in a series and so I'd like to recommend the first book and it's called Well Met by Jen DeLuca and it's a romance for once instead of a thriller. So Emily gets roped into volunteering for the local renaissance fair and meets Simon who's in charge of the fair and they do not get along. No, they do
1: not. Or do they?
0: (laughs) But it's a very lighthearted book. Uh, It takes place during a Renaissance fair, which is very fun if you're into Ren fair. Very enjoyable. And so I'm getting ready to read the second book. Maybe I'll let you know how that was next time.
1: I've mostly read. I'm still finishing the second book because things got crazy. So I have have a little bookmark and I'm almost finished with it. So we'll have to talk about that.
0: Ah, yes. So you may have things to say.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, we'll talk about (laughs) it. I don't know if it'll be podcast talked about but you and i will talk about it yes we do talk off off the air we do lots of talking
0: (laughs) you guys don't get to listen it's just us
1: that's okay i'm okay with that i don't need to be listened to i'm looking directly at you phone (laughs) you laugh because you feel like crying because you know it's true (laughs) yeah okay
0: so that's it Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for show notes,
1: other episodes, and our upcoming reads. Join us next week for our bonus episode discussing the Fantasyland series as a whole. If reading along, we'll talk about Kiss Quotient by Helen Wang the following week. Bye! Bye!